This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Welcome to episode 24 of Chicken Salad. My name's Ben Lock, and let me bring in my two co-hosts tonight. Both people are here. First of all, a man who's so young, his legend union consists of Juice and Domino, Maven, and Simon Dean. It's Logan Crosley. Good evening, Logan. I didn't know Grooney was going to be on this episode. Big Maven fan, uh, James Grunberg is. Uh, but nice to see you tonight, uh, Ben. Uh, good to be here. What? Well, you know, he, he might never be able to come on, but he'll, he'll, I can give him the odd mention every now and again. <laughs> my, my second co-host is a man so old, his legend reunion consists of George Hackenschmidt and former President Abraham Lincoln. It's only Sean fucking kid. Good evening, Sean. Hey, it's good to be here. Uh, I'll apologize ahead of time. I am under the weather, but... Uh, you also uh, miss Carl Gotch, a uh, very famous ah. legend that uh, would be in my slamboree. <laughs> but no, it's good. It's good to be here. I know I missed the last episode. I don't remember the last time I was on, but I wasn't going to miss this episode based on the back and forth uh, chats that we had. And uh, because our guest star is here tonight, and I'm sure he'll piss me off at some point, too. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, as you have mentioned, we do have a special guest tonight, and it's another one of your uh, ill-begotten Place to be Nation's sons. You've got both of them on tonight. Which you know, I, I, I claim no responsibility for this one whatsoever. <laughs> he is uh, he is on his own in terms of the way he acts. Logan, I'll take some accountability for. This one I will not. Oh, thanks, Dad. You're welcome. <laughs> so, I, I, well, I'm just, I'm just saying right now, I do not want any sibling rivalry tonight. Just let's all play nice, yeah. Let's all play nice. Uh, uh, oh no, we gotta, we no, we gotta worry about siblings. We gotta worry about the siblings attacking the parental unit tonight. That's what we have to worry about. <laughs> you can hear this person on YouTube roulette with Sean, and here on the rest of the feed, and over on the pop feed on Pop Goes to the Couch and Battle Scott, Battle Scott, Battle Star. In the 25th century, it is, of course, Scott Shiflett. Good evening, Scott. How are you? I'm glad to be here tonight. And yeah, Ben, there is no issue with me and Logan. We get along great. It's Sean who doesn't want to take responsibility <laughs> as being a negligent <laughs> father. So he doesn't even want to say that I'm his. I feel like this is always like a Melrose Place plot just taking you know, place live I, on the I, show. I, I took you to WrestleMania. I mean, what more do you want? That is true. You're a, we you're were... a special Eugene boy. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, we all have that family member that we don't want to admit we have, but we still take care of him behind the scenes, Chef. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, to digress real quick, we took a picture in front of the Dusty Road statue, which is on my phone, <laughs> and the guy when the guy took the picture, I, was, I told Sean, he definitely thought we were father and son right there. And Sean just said yes. <laughs> no, there was no doubt. There was no doubt. He definitely thought that we were father and son. Yes. 
the, the big question the big question is though, Scott, this is very important for Sean in these trips. Did he buy you some ice cream? That's the ah. big question. No, he did not. But I don't think he bought Logan ice cream this time, so he, did he didn't not. want to spend too much money. He had a he had a front my, he had to pay for myself as well as Logan, so he, there was no ice cream money this time. Ah, I, mean, I, I, see, I, I, I see. I did pay for shots at the hotel. No, wait, yes. I didn't, oh wait, I didn't even pay for that. Ben Zaney paid for those. I didn't even. Pay, no, I, so I didn't pay for. I didn't pay, I didn't pay for that either. <laughs> it was that. It was that much of a hazy night. Uh, you can't remember uh, what I, I might have bought. I might have bought him a beer at GCW. That's about the only thing I can remember. I don't remember anything else. <laughs> as long as somebody didn't smash it after, that's fine. <laughs> right. So you may have guessed from my intro what it is that we are talking about tonight, but. As you know, in this little run we are doing, our special guests are picking the show. So, Scott, what did you uh, what did you get us all to watch for to talk about for tonight's show? Uh, Slamboree '93. This is a uh, show that I've seen multiple times because I somehow have it on VHS. I still have it to this day. Um, I'm not sure how I got it in my possession, but I watched it a lot of times. I've that's why it holds a lot of nostalgia for me. It is kind of bad. I do remember fast forwarding through a bunch of parts on VHS, which I was forced to watch <laughs> because of my own pick list time, you know. So um, just want to see if it held up or if it was, uh, you know, not not the best, which uh, I'm leaning towards not the best. But we'll see ah, what happens. I see. I see. Yeah. I Well, I, as you can imagine, with, with my funny accent, uh, I watched the main event in the 90s but the rest of the show not until the network came on that's that's my memories of it uh logan how about you uh this is definitely a one i watched on the network uh when it first came out uh you know wcw wasn't super on my radar uh when i was younger because it was basically almost done by the time uh, i was old enough to really understand much of anything um but yeah this is definitely one i you know I went when the network came out. I went through all the WCW pay per views and kind of watched them chronologically. So, um, yeah, this is one I definitely saw then, and I've probably watched it maybe twice uh, before <laughs> before this this time. Uh, I don't know why I've watched it twice, but uh, yeah, I've watched it twice probably before this. <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know why you watched it. It's for the fifteen minute draw banger we're going to talk about tonight. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. Uh- Sean, I, I get the feeling you may well watch this live and quite a few times uh, after. I, you know, I did. And, you know, I'll go into a little detail as we watch the show. There was one match in particular on this show that I was really looking forward to for a reason that I'll discuss later. Um, but, yeah, I saw it live and I kind of liked the concept. Um, I had been watching WCW like 92 was a good run because it had the Dangerous Alliance stuff. Um, Starcade 92, I think is one of the, like one of my favorite underrated pay-per-views. And so I just kind of continue watching it in the 93, um, and Slamboree, the legends thing really appealed to me. Um, the tease of the horsemen, uh, getting back together in the build was definitely a sell job. Um, one of the matches on here was a sell job for me, but, um, I also wanted to see some of the legends because I wasn't hundred percent familiar with the legends, like, of really you know, like I am now, like, you know, I watch a lot of old shit now, but back then I was kind of fascinated about who was what, what they did, why should I care? So I was really into this, um, when the paper, when the paper was announced. So, uh, we'll definitely see if it holds up. Um, some does, some does not. And I think we'll have a lot of debate about this show based on what I think I already know. So, 
<clears throat> absolutely absolutely uh, and this is also being held in one of the wcw strongholds atlanta georgia in the omni uh, is that yeah. place you've been, is that place you've been too short i'm not i don't keep asking you but uh, i'm not asking you deliberately i mean, no, I mean no no but i've watched a shitload of stuff from the omni obviously i hold an nwa podcast uh but an omni was like crockett like central next to north carolina so pretty famous place but no i've never been to it Right. I'm, I'm guessing neither of you two have Logan Scott. You've never been to the Omni? It's not even around anymore. I think it's gone. Is it not? Is it gone? No, I'll, 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 I'll look it up. I, I think so. Let me look it up. Yeah, I think, yep. I think I think it's gone. Um, yeah. I think it got torn down somewhat recently, though. I don't think it's been gone for a long time. Because I know, I know NXT went to the uh, old, well, the said stage, didn't they? They had a tape in there. So, yeah. As you, got, is the Omni no longer with us? That's quite... That's, well, that's uh, where NWA uh, uh, oh, no, also it got, demo- it got demolished in 1997. 1990, yeah, 97. Oh, okay, so it's been a while. Then. So, so State Farm Arena is where the Omni used to be now. Ah, <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense, right, gentlemen? So if we are ready, let us go to the Omni, it, which is still with us in 1993, for Slappery <laughs> Alleged <laughs> Union. Good uh, lord. Uh, did you like that little segue there? That was good. That was yeah. good. All right. So our hosts tonight are Tony Schiavone and the living legend Larry Zabisco. We find out straight away that Ooh. Jesse, Ooh. yes, Je- yes, Jesse Ventura is sadly in hospital. I'm, I'm not sure what he. I couldn't find where, what he actually had. I think it might, I think it might be kidney stones, but I don't want to be. Uh, I, think was, I think it was erectile dysfunction caused by steroid oh, use. No, Sean. No, Sean. It wasn't <laughs> this, this is where they actually... Uh, yeah. This is Jesse Ventura number two. They killed him right here. And this ah, is okay. where they swapped the body. I mm. see. I see. Mm. And that's why, they had to get, that's why they had to get the brain and right with you, with yes. you, with you. So, Tony and Larry preview tonight's events. And, as I say, Tony let us know that Jesse's in hospital. Max Payne plays the national anthem on Norma Jean, whilst legends just stood around doing nothing in the ring. Like, you know, just, just <laughs> they're just like waving out and having fun. After the, after the national anthem, Tony introduces us to Eric Bischoff and Missy Hyatt, or doing the interviews tonight. The light go the lights then decide to go out, which flutters Eric, but he has he is a professional, so he does carry on. He lets us know that Sting will be facing the prisoner tonight as Scott Norton is injured. Mm. So it is going to be Sting versus the prisoner in the bounty match. We'll get to the prisoner later on. However, I do have got to say, gents, for once, I do agree with Missy Hyde on something when she says the Hollywood Blondes are the team of the 90s. God's oh, yeah. tag team, God's tag team will be appearing later on, and will uh, will Ben Ben is Hollywood blonde mark number one. Just in case you didn't know. <laughs> well, 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 Missy just wanted to bang him. I mean, ah, let's be yes, yes, so. yes. So Ben, can I say a couple things about this intro? Because <laughs> I, I can't. Like, how can we ignore this? So the first thing I did, like from a legend standpoint, I did like like the photo montage shit. Uh, but you know, you're <laughs> like you said, it's like. Lots of old people in the ring, and you know. And the other thing I wondered to myself in 1993, with like no context, how many people in the audience actually knew who any of them were? Uh, <laughs> and this is the first mention by Larry tonight Zero. of multiple where he spews some really stupid time pyramid bullshit that was ridiculous. Like he does this three times. Ah, oh, the legends of time pyramid, and he just and Tony no sells it, which is great. Um, 
let's see. And the other note I made is nothing screens relatable to the Legends of the Ring like Max Payne playing guitar. Like, really? <laughs> like, what? what? Uh, and I have no idea what he's wearing. And then uh, the guys carrying out the carriage with Moolah. I mean, that was ridiculous. Sean, um, Sean, that was the same box that Luger attacked Sting at Clash of the Champions back in 91, I'm pretty well, sure. Well, if, if, if I knew Moolah was in it, I probably would have dropped it because that probably would have been fun to watch. Same. And the one more note I made about uh, Missy's hair looked like the mushroom guy from Mario. Um, and then uh, the other comment that was great that they made, the prisoner had actually took out Scott Norton, which made me laugh as well, so... Quite a lot going on. This intro and then the lights going out, definitely not the best start to this pay-per-view, which is unfortunately probably a sign to come. Not great. Yeah, F- but- fucking Tony Hyatt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. You look like the mushroom guy from Mario. So we we were we were banging the pro we were banging the uh, the the time period where WCW were not just taping um not just taping the worldwide months in advance, but also Saturday night was like Doing the yes. three or four one three or four week taping as well, so there was a lot going on. Uh, right, so the first match of tonight is a tag match consisting of Bobby Eaton and Chris Benoit versus Marcus Alexander Bagwell and Tuco Scorpio. Uh, uh, I'll go to Logan first. Two things, Logan. Uh, first of all, how great is it to hear the Midnight Express FTR music? And as this is probably one of the only good matches we have tonight. Um, Perfectly acceptable tag team wrestling opener, I thought. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt, um, I was more—I I was more a fan of uh, "Here Comes Two Coat Scorpio" when he came out. So I, I like that one. Oh, I like that one a little better. I'm glad but, you could uh, do it, Logan. I can't do that with my voice. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that that, that uh, Midnight Express music is pretty sweet. Um, but yeah, this is a, this is a good way to open with these guys, uh, Scorpio and, uh, Benoit especially, uh, really, really brought it. They had a real hot open to start the match. Um, they kept acting like Benoit throughout the match was like this veteran. And I thought it was like kind of a weird stance since this was pretty much one of his first appearances with WCW. I would think Scorpio would be much more of a veteran in that, in that respect, since he's kind of been with WCW for a bit. And, you know, I feel like he's been around a little bit longer than Benoit as well. I know Benoit has been in Japan and Canada and all that kind of stuff, but um, I thought that was a real weird stance to take. Um, but uh, they also talk about uh, Scorpio and Bagwell take, talking to all the legends. And uh, based on kind of their current ways of life uh, nowadays, I would really like to hear some of those conversations that Bagwell and Scorpio <laughs> were having with freaking Dory Funk Jr. and Nick Bonkwinkle in the background. So that would have huh. been pretty funny. Um, the ending was pretty botched. I, I blame Nick Patrick mostly for it, uh, or almost completely for it. He just, I, I feel like he kept messing stuff up. But I thought it was a pretty hot ending. And it, you know, uh, Scorpio had the absolutely nasty finish where he does the uh, like the Phoenix splash, but he does the leg drop. But he absolutely sits straight on Benoit's head, uh, which made me kind of cringe. But, yeah, this was a hot opener. Uh, I really enjoyed, uh, like I said, the Benoit and Scorpio parts. Eaton and Bagwell were good as well. But the, those spots when Benoit and Scorpio were in the ring were the were the best parts, uh, in my opinion. I went two and a half. And just a couple of things on the intro that kind of Sean was talking about. I felt like Sean would probably be right at home with the black and white and all the pictures of the wrestlers. <laughs> from his early I, I, that, was the best, um, that was the best part of the entire intro. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, but there was four, four things that damned this from the very beginning. 
Jesse's not there. Max Payne plays a guitar solo to open things up. Mula gets a special royal entrance, and then Eric and Missy have the technical difficulties. So uh, to think that this pay-per-view is probably going to be good probably got thrown out the window about five minutes in. So I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay scott so if, if you have anything to say about the entrance or the intros then you, that, you, go, you go for that as well but i will say ben warren 93 this is this is a weird time period for him i mean i know i know things are weird anyway with ben Warren, but at least he was rocking that in 93 mullet that was spectacular but like logan says the the fact that they were pushing Bagwell and Scorpio's this inexperienced team, it, it certainly in Scorpio's case was slightly odd. I thought. Yeah, um, I know the month uh, at Super Brawl that um, Too Cold and Benoit had a had like a twenty minute match. That I think went to time limit or Scorpio won with like three seconds remaining. So I think Correct. they were going off. I think they were going off of that. I liked uh, Bagwell teaming up with Scorpio, and then later down the line in '94, we seen. Uh, team up with the Patriot. I like I like Stars and Stripes. And I like this tag team as well. Um, Scorpio hits a nice corkscrew moonsault, which I thought was awesome and something you I wasn't expecting to see in 1993 wrestling, uh, especially with what we'll see tonight. Um, but Bobby was just awesome in this. And I liked how they were saying like the tag team of Bobby and Chris. Like Chris is a veteran, but Bobby can still teaching things. Um, I went. The ending was botched a little bit, but it. I, I do blame that um, on Patrick being out of position, but I went two and three quarters for this. I really liked it. And going back to the start, I, I enjoyed um, the newspapers too. It adds like gravitas to these legends. Like even if you've never heard them, like, oh, this is kind of a big deal. So I, I, I enjoyed that a lot. And um, a bummer that, you know, we weren't going to see Sting and Flash Norton out there tonight. <laughs> uh, like, 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 uh, it was like Sean. So, like, like Finn said, that finishing sequence. Although, although Patrick was out of position, it was an absolute like killer. That finishing move that Scorpio put on. I, I and like, I'm really glad that they mentioned the Super Bowl Classic because that match is that match is genuinely one of my favorite WCW matches. Yeah, it is a good match. And here's the thing: the other thing that's really cool about this match, Eaton and Benoit. Um, actually had a really short-lived team, and I actually thought it was a pretty good team, but there's a, I liked it, but um, it didn't actually work out. I'll talk about that in a minute. But the other note I made first that was, thank God we got the Scorpio intro to offset the Max Payne bullshit. Um, Logan, <laughs> Logan already brought up already brought up the Scorpio. Uh, Scorp- I mean, is there a better banger? I mean, I know you guys like the Rick Rude and the Natural and all that. I'm sure we'll hear that later, but Scorpio's, uh, <laughs> Scorpio's scene music is just absolutely freaking amazing i love it um i also like it when teams are there's teams because they come out in matching tights um i like scorpio and benoit i thought when they started it was absolutely lit and great shit uh scorpio uh at one point was taking both guys on and just looked absolutely great um i also hate to say it but bagwell and scorpio um i kind of shit on them as a team back in the day but they're a pretty damn good team um mm-hmm. It looks like uh, the Benoit beefcake tights, uh, pretty old school. You used to wear those all the time with the like the the patterns on them. Remind me of beefcake back in the 80s, but I love those tights. Um, and yeah, Benoit ate some knee, uh, knee shit on a missed headbutt, and then the leg drop off the rope by Scorpio was absolutely sick. Uh, but here's my problem. I don't like this 93 run for Benoit because he's actually a glorified enhancement talent, and basically he just jogs to others that to look, so they can look good, and he gets beat a lot, so... Um, I feel like they really fucked up Scorpio Benoit this time because they were great, but nine times out of ten they lost. 
unless Scorpio is teaming up with uh, Bagwell. But pretty solid opener. I went two and a half. Um, yeah, I thought this was a fun little match, and I, I dug it quite a bit. I, I also went two and a half, and I can't believe that none of you have mentioned my favorite moments of the match, where we get, we get, we get a close-up of a fan with a sign in the crowd, which says, Marus is great. You Maris have, is good. Maris is Maris is great. You have one job. You know when you're writing a sign, spell check, people, spell check. <laughs> even, if, even if it's a sign that's been handed out to you, just check what you're holding up. <laughs> they didn't have spell check back then. <laughs> well, well and, it, and, it, and it is it is the Omni in Atlanta, so it's just okay. <laughs> Yeah, it is the Dirty South, so I mean. <laughs> All right, our next match is Van Hammer versus a mystery opponent who is going to be managed by Colonel Robert Parker. Uh, I'll go to Logan first to talk about this match. Um, the mystery opponent turns out to be Mr. Sid Vicious. Logan, this genuinely might be my favorite squash match of all time. <laughs> uh, it is it is a pretty awesome squash um i thought van hammer came out looking kind of like the kicker from the replacements uh reese fans <laughs> or whatever his name is i thought he looked like him with like a perm uh basically um but yeah sid's just awesome he's always awesome and just completely kills van hammer in like 35 seconds so uh just a great uh a great squash to kind of reestablish sid even though this run ends up really kind of not going anywhere it, it declines uh sharply i'll say um but uh but yeah pretty good uh i'm not gonna rate the match because it was 35 seconds so i'll i'll give it uh eight on the power bomb meter okay oh that's that seems fair uh chef (laughs) everybody every chef everybody says that sasha banks has the best uh resting job of face but uh van hammer in this match gave her a damn good run for her money i thought yeah, uh, Hammer came out, and I think this is like the first time I saw him in tights. I thought he was going to come out in the stuff he wore in like 91 or 92, so I was thrown off by him having a singlet on, and I was completely shocked of that him and Robert Parker had a feud. The video package they showed for this was longer than the match. The crowd loved when Vicious came out. I agree with Logan. I can't give it um, a star rating because Hammer got three punches and then Sid hitting with a clothesline and a powerbomb. That was literally the whole match. Um I guess if we're doing powerbomb meter, I'll, I'll go seven and a half because he struggled a little bit with uh, with getting hammer up. That seems fair. Uh, Sean, uh, how about you? We're, we're going powerbomb meter rather than match rating. So, uh, <coughs> you know, I know you love Rob Parker, so you can talk about him for a bit. No, I, I, fuck, <laughs> I fucking hate Rob Parker. Like, <laughs> oh, Parker, yeah, sorry, like, sorry. like, like Parker uh, Van Hammer. Is this a feud that we all wanted? I mean, it's. Like, and even when they're interviewing Parker before the match, they're like, this is a special match. And I'm like, who the fucking special match with freaking Van Hammer? <laughs> um, so uh, the other thing that the first note I made, Van Hammer really had a long career here, which is really a tragedy. That guy started, what, in 91, and he ran all the way, I think, through the end of WCW, I think was his run. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Who can forget him as Major Stash? Well, I know, but think, about, but, think, but think about that run for that dumb motherfucker. Um, I hated his tights. <laughs> Um, looked like he rated Mr. Perfect's tights, and he looked fucking stupid. Um, I hated the Parker gimmick. It wasn't necessary. It was stupid WWF 80s bullshit. Um, I love the gurney coming out. And by the way, Sid, I popped big time. In 93, when he walked out, I popped huge. And I popped even bigger when the little fireworks stands, the little sparklers they had at ringside that go off for him because he got a big intro, which 
really wasn't a big intro because their their uh, their sparklers obviously didn't cost much at the fireworks stand. <laughs> uh, but the crowd absolutely loves Sid. He murders Hammer, squash, and now Sid is automatically the biggest face in the company. I also did not rate this, uh, but I do like that he squashed Hammer on the debut. And to Logan's point, this doesn't really go any. Well, I, I don't know, Logan. He does get a big movie production with a boat exploding. <laughs> that that, that uh, is true. <laughs> so I, I, I think you're. Yeah, I think you're underselling uh, how great the, the well. Anyway, yeah, that's some really bad shit that maybe we'll watch on this show one day too. But anyway. <laughs> and, to, and to be fair as well, like if he had if he hadn't had that slight disagreement with Arn Anderson in England, he would have he would have been champion at the end. Of the well, year. well, that, that that is true. I mean, when you, when you get stabbed and fight, you get fired. But yeah, you're right. It probably could have ended better. We would we wouldn't have had uh, Flair versus Vader at Starcade '93, which is an incredible match and hell of a storyline that they do with it. So that's yep. a big what if. I know this is a whole other podcast, but like Sid's career could be like oh, just one big like what if the man oh, goes the, ima- the amount of missed opportunity that man has. Correct. Here's, here's one for you boys. Speaking of like Van Hammer's longevity, so I, I'm I'm in my WCW chrono watch at the moment. So I'm I up to May '99. So I watch I watch Nitro, and I know how big a fan of you of the other guy you are as well. So get this for a match. It was opening match Van Hammer. Versus Chavo Guerrero. Oh God! Oh Jesus! Ugh. Yeah, it's as it's as bad as you can imagine. And the best part is that they're playing they're playing like Van Hammer is this new serious wrestler, like you know, because he was this fun goofy guy before apparently. So uh, they're turning into sit. Tony even calls him Serious Van Hammer at that that various points. It's like you can't really be serious with a name like Van Hammer. <laughs> Listen, totally totally off topic and. I'd like to kill Van Hammer and put him to rest, but uh, the best match he ever had that I thought I personally watched was the clash match he had with Cactus Jack. When they ended yes. up in the trough and Missy got thrown in, that was a great match. That was a good match. <laughs> I wonder why you like that. <laughs> well, I didn't think the match was bad. It was probably more because of Cactus Jack, though. So, but anyway. <laughs> that was something about it, Jack, all right? Mm. Yeah, so, yeah, I was going to say, there's got to be some Jack involved. <laughs> <laughs> after after the match, we then go up to the staging area where Eric has Red Bassine and Bugsy oh, McGraw with him. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing already. No, no, I don't know them either. Red is loving slandering. <laughs> and, and Bugsy says Sid is the biggest man he has ever seen. Wants to thank everybody who's there and lets Eric know he's wearing too much makeup. That then leads us up to our first of our Legends matches tonight between Dick Murdoch, Don Morocco, and Jimmy Snooker versus Callum McDougall's favorite Wahoo McDaniel, Blackjack Mulligan, and Jim Brunzel. Uh, Sean, I'll go to you first as our resident old fart, I mean Legends expert. Um, Please, now, please that, try. That, please try. That was a very nice. I am here as a representative of Slavery '93 <laughs> and these legends, and you did not have to do that. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so all right. So first, <laughs> I think I damn interview because I was laughing. Could you imagine you're going to do a legend show, and the first fucking two you bring up are Red Bastina, Bugsy McGraw for the first interview. And Bugsy McGraw, like the way I would describe him, he's like a great value George Carlin with the promo skills of Jimmy Valiant. <laughs> he, like the guy, oh, the guy was awful. Like he, 
I think we're actually going to see him in like 87 on our pod crock and roll one day. So it's not the last you've seen of him shift, unfortunately, but um, because him and Valiant actually form a team, which makes sense. Right. But, and then red Bastine, that mustache was uh, (laughs) anyway. So yeah, I just can't believe they opened with these two idiots. All right. So here's the match. So I'm going to take my lumps on this. So again, I did like the black and white video intros. I think it adds a little ambiance to it. So you can make fun of me for that. Uh, this is now the second time Larry spews his pyramid legends bullshit. Uh, Brunzel's tights are absolutely horrendous. They look like they're made of Skittles. Um, you know, he's like a 50 year old man wearing like these beach, like bikini. I don't know what he's wearing. Uh, the announcers keep bringing up bad blood with Morocco, Brunzel and Snuka. Uh, there was never any bad blood with Brunzel and Morocco. I mean, Snuka and Morocco is pretty legendary, but Brunzel, I don't know how he fits into this. Um, Snuka is still very steroid ripped. Uh, Morocco is clearly off the juice as he's hitting the, uh, probably the Waffle House next to the Omni. Big gut. Uh, Murdoch, I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to take shit for this. I think Murdoch is a great fucking heel. Uh, I thought he bumped well for the immobile Blackjack. Uh, Wahoo, lots of chops, slams Morocco. So typical Wahoo offense. Um, I also like Shivani listing the backgrounds of these guys. Um, I just, I just thought it was really good. Um, Murdoch busting out a power slam and leg drops. I don't know how you kind of discount that. Like, Murdoch hit a goddamn power slam and a leg drop. Like, you know, that's good for 1993. Wahoo's bald spot, by the way, deserved a Hall of Fame spot on its own. Um, Murdoch, the bad part is, almost fell off the top rope uh, when he went up to <laughs> he went up to the top. So that was pretty bad. Um, anyway, Wahoo and Snuka absolutely sucked. I thought this was fun. And I think it was mainly due to Brunzel's face in peril and Murdoch, who I absolutely love Murdoch. Um, it was a no contest finish. Uh, Snook, I thought, took a really bad bump out of the ring after the match. Um, but for this match, and then I'll stop, it feels like a missed opportunity on two fronts for me. Because <clears throat> if you had done the High Flyers, which is a really famous team from the 70s and 80s, if you had Brunzel and Greg Gagne go against Dusty and Murdoch, that would have been a really probably fun tag team match. And he probably should have just done Snooka versus versus Morocco and uh, Wahoo and Mulligan did not need to be here. They could have got got the fuck. I went two stars on it and it's going to be a shit take, but I actually I had a lot of fun with this match. And I know I went long, but I'll stop, I'll stop with that. Two stars. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of sighing going on in the background. Well, Jordan, I already, know, you know, I'm, I already know I'm going to get shit for it, but I did call out the shit, but I did call out who I thought was good. And I'll leave it. Okay. Oh, uh, like, okay. Uh, shit. Now, shit. Um, Sean's mentioned all the good things that Murdoch did, but can I mention as well the fact that when they were trying to I do that... I mentioned the fact that he almost fell off the top rope. No, well, I'm, I'm going to mention the fact that <laughs> when uh, when they were doing the crisscross sequence, he decided to stand on top of uh, Blackjack Mulligan because he couldn't quite get over him. I thought that's that was what, perfectly that's what, that's fine. What, that's, perfectly that's what fine I'm going to mention. Okay, fine. all right. Um, Scott, I don't know about you, but I, I get the feeling like Jim Brunzel was in there because he was literally like the only one of the five, only one of the six who could actually still move properly. Oh, God, that's not true. Anyway. Yeah, we needed someone to take some bumps here. Um, these guys <laughs> look really old. Um, I mean, I will say, like, Brunzel did have a nice drop kick. He was probably still hoping to get signed. And Murdoch even broke out the head scissors, which I thought was Correct. really, yes. really so, impressive. You say Murdoch so. can't move. He did a leg scissors, a power slam, and a leg drop. He moved. But then um, he after that, he almost ate shit yeah. on the top rope. And um, then, like, Snooka, uh, like, did a weird bump 
over the top rope at the end of the match. Did you guys see that? Like, yeah, it was a nice, yeah, it was a nice savage bump. He took a good bump. Yeah, too bad he <laughs> couldn't take a bump in Allentown and save I mean, that girl. But it was a, it was a. <laughs> I mean, God damn it, Chip. Listen, listen, that bump was botched. Probably not as botched as the murder he committed, but it's. <laughs> Jesus. Pod's never coming out. Scott, Scott wrestling. gave me the intro to that. Thank you, Chef. Good layup. Re- Thank you. Re- wrestling, wrestling chicken salad. Fun, fun for all the family. <laughs> Carry on, Chef. Carry on, Scott. Yeah. No, like, and I'm shocked that Snooka was here because, you know, he was always like a WWF guy. And I just thought he showed up in like two th- in January of 2000 when he was having when Jeff Jarrett fought the old age outlaws. Yes, that was the name of that that tag team. But yeah. I went um, a star and a quarter for for that, um, and just because I'm I was pleasantly shocked. And also these guys are like the same age, like roughly the same age as like AJ Styles is now. And look how old those guys look, and look how young AJ Styles looks. It's amazing. That's that's actually a very good point. Like, there's a lot of people that were with this old. Uh, Logan, uh, Sean's mentioned some music bangers already, but the uh, what what the hell was that Legends music about? Because that is just the worst piece of music I think I've ever heard. Um, I I did I watched this match twice. I went dud on it the first time, but I did bump it up to a full saw because mm. I'm going to kind of agree with Sean. There are some good moves in here in, in around all the old guy stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a there's a good move or two and that that gets it a one. Uh the fact that they didn't completely horribly botch anything is uh the simple fact that it gets a one. Um Murdoch came out looking like a blonde-haired Arthur Weasley, so he looked like Ron Weasley's dad when he came out. <laughs> um they uh they talk about an altercation between Brunzel and Morocco before the show. I, I think Brunzel must have won cuz he stole uh Morocco's tie-dye tights, so he had those on uh, with the knee pads and everything. Um, for somebody who's famous for being in a tag team, Blackjack Mulligan sure doesn't seem to understand the rules of a tag match as he keeps trying to come in and save his partner illegally. Um, the match was already pretty shite, but then they went with the no uh, no contest rule, uh, and that kind of made it even worse uh, than it was. Uh, like I said, I'll go one purely because I think Murdoch did some pretty good stuff. Everybody else was pretty old looking and broken down looking. So um, yeah, that's, that's as, that's as far as I can go as one. <laughs> see, see, sure. We, we, that's fair. We, that, no, that, that wasn't no, no, bad, no, no, that one, the, those ratings are perfectly fine. Those are fine. I have no issue with the way you ranked it at all. So. <laughs> uh, also, it's Logan, thank you. Also, Logan, also, Logan, thank you for bringing the word shite into the podcast. You know, it's always good to hear that from somebody else. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> After the match, we then head back up to the interview stage where Missy is now with Mad Dog for Sean and the Assassin. Mad Dog tells us he became a legend for his fans in Canada and all around the world. Matt, Missy tries to talk to the Assassin, but for Sean isn't done and grabs the microphone off her. And we should... And decides to wish he was still in the ring, which, you know, seemed totally pointless. But, hey, you know, you, you got to get your shit in. Uh, the assassin then throws down a challenge to Dusty Rhodes while sounding <laughs> like a lawyer reading out some uh, reading out a will to a family, which, you know, and, and we'll get the reply to that uh, challenge later on tonight. That leads us to the second of our Legends matches tonight, which is Ivan Koloff and Baron Von Raschke versus Thunderbolt Patterson, and it's meant to be Bullet Bob Armstrong, but he's not there because he's injured. So, 
Thunderbolt says he'll take them both on to begin with. And then Brad Armstrong in his be- in his best n- early 93 mullet white beater ensemble decides he will take his dad's place. Um, let's go to Sean again first, because I got the feeling we've got to get some good in before we get to the bad. Uh, <sighs> Sean, this one, this one, I'm afraid, doesn't no, hold up. No, there, there, there's no good in this one. I, you know, let me, okay. okay. So the, 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 the interview, pre-interview, Watching Missy trying to understand Mad Dog Vishon was extremely funny because she could not understand a word he was saying. Uh, the assassin cutting the promo and challenging Dusty in 1993. Could you imagine if they actually went through with that match in 1993? Like the assassin is so immobile. Uh, we actually do get to see him later on. And he, like he's a manager, I think of. I think he's one of the early managers of Pretty Wonderful when they form. Am I correct in that? Cor- cor- you are correct. <laughs> yeah. So. All right, so the match. So a couple of notes I made here. But the Baron Von Raschke could not wrestle in 1986, let alone in 1993. Uh, feels like a missed opportunity for them to get Nikita here because uh, they could have done the Coloss. And with Thunderbolt, uh, they could have done uh, Manny Fernandez here because he could still. So I was surprised there was no Manny Fernandez here because the Coloss versus Thunderbolt and Manny would have been um, – you know, two tag teams from the past that would face each other, or Thunderbolt could even had Ole Anderson because they were a big, big famous tag team. But missed opportunity there. So Bob, like you said, had his knee operation. Um, and the other mistake they made, they gave Brad Armstrong a mic, which you never should do ever. <laughs> um, and then the other thing that was amazing is Thunderbolt Patterson just wanted to take all Brad's clothes off, which I don't know what the fuck that was all about. He just started stripping Brad down. Um, and yeah, I this is. Uh, terrible. Baron Ramraski looks like a cadaver, and this was really, really bad. And I went a full fledged dud. This is there's no good in this whatsoever. So uh, you'll get no argument of me out of anything that you say about this match. Well, if Sean goes, if Sean goes a dud, I hate to hear what I, what the rest of us are going to go for. If if Sean's on, uh, Scott, um, I mean, where do we start with this? You know, you've got you've got your great value junkyard dog. You've got you've got the. You've got bullets like 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 Sean says, Brad Armstrong should never have a mic. Uh, Baron Van, Van Rasky, bless him, still looked exactly the same on Dynamite the other a couple of months ago that he does here. Uh, this is just bad. Yeah, yeah, I've had to watch uh, Baron for Crock and Roll, and he still looks the same. like the man doesn't age. He just looks eighty three like a vampire mm-hmm. forever. <laughs> um, I will say. Ivan says that Armstrong should be named Weak Stomach. That made me laugh at just how horrible it was. Um, then Brad comes out, which you always hear in all these wrestling podcasts how great Brad was. Like they say he was a great, you know, worker in the ring and like so funny backstage. I've never seen it one bit. It's kind of boring to me. <laughs> I, I think I. I Gave it a quarter of a star, and that was just for Ooh. Ivan saying Armstrong should be named Weak Wow. Star. Oh, God, Scott. That's terrible. Ooh. <laughs> I know. Ooh. I know. It's real bad. Uh, Logan, are we are we are we going into positive stars or are you are, are you even dipping your feet into the negative water? It it has to be pretty offensive for me to go negative stars, so I can't quite do that. I will go dud. Um, my only note on this match is the only good thing about this match is that it wasn't very long. It was only four and a half minutes. Um, other, other than that, it was just a young guy that no one cared about and three old timers sucking wind. And uh, Baron Von Raschke looks like malnourished George the Animal Steel. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> I went good as well. Um, but I did make the note about um, uh, where, where am I? Uh, yeah, uh, Patterson. 
try to hit that clothesline to finish at the end, but and all he ends up doing is uh, gently massaging uh, Van Rusky's uh, throat, which I'm sure he enjoyed that, you know. But uh, <laughs> that, that, this is what happens when you let a bunch of old guys in the ring who can't quite go anymore. But after this match, we then go to a bunch of guys, a couple of guy, a couple of old guys who definitely could still go in the ring. Uh, but it's off. It's not an in-ring match. It's a interview segment. It is a, not just any old interview segment, though. It is the Flair for the Gold, hosted, of course, by Ric Flair, who promises us the reformation of the Horsemen tonight. But first, for everybody, we get Fifi, of course. Rick then introduces Arn Anderson, who promises Barry Windham is in for a world of hurt tonight, and he will become the NWA world champion. Rick then casually announces that Tully Blanchard Blanchard will not be there tonight, but does intro Ollie Anderson and his rocking tuxedo, and they give the cape reason of Barry getting to Tully to explain why he's not there, nothing to do with the amount of weed and coke and stuff or whatever it was that he ended up doing. Uh, Rick then tells Ollie to sit with the girls as he intros the newest member of the Horsemen, who, of course, for those of you who don't already know, was Paul fucking Roma. Him and Elite should not be in the same sentence. Rick then throws a challenge down to the Hollywood Blonde whilst the rest of the boys hold up the four fingers. Um, Sean... Paul Roma, what what's going on here? It's you know even even watching even watching at the time, it must have blown your mind. Well, they built this show like in the build up to it about the horseman coming back. So of course, um, we expected I expected Tolly, but Tolly was going to be here, and I, he actually got busted for uh, uh, cocaine, so he did not come back. But um, <laughs> the flare the flare for the gold is terrible. I I always hated this segment. It was very tacky, all time shit. Um, you know, uh, but, you know, Arn cutting his winning promo, this is one of the reasons why I love this show so much, is I remember at the time, they did a really good job of the storytelling with Arn about he's never won the big one, he's never won the big gold belt, and he did a really good job of building the match between him and Wyndham, so that's one of the reasons why I was looking forward to this pay-per-view. So I like the promo, um, and they built it as Arn's one shot at a world title, which I thought they did a good job with. Uh, let's see. Like we said, Flair said Tully just didn't show up. I thought it would have been better if they had actually said he was coked out of his mind and they fired him. That would have been very entertaining. Oli <laughs> um, is rocking the tux. Looks 100 years old, but I also like how Oli wants to get himself some young, young ass. Like if you look at if you look at the young horse, like the horseman in '86, Oli's not like the rest of the leches where he wants to bang all the women. But I kind of like that he was into it there, so that was kind of nice. Um, I remember seeing Roma come out and totally saying "fuck off." Uh, the crowd, the crowd absolutely shits on him. And Romo, when he's cutting his promo, like totally looks like he's taking a shit. Like he has no facial expressions. He has no promo skills and, um, just awful. And this was awful. And then the announcers no sell it, which was even better. So this, this whole segment, uh, if I don't know if he could give like a dud to a segment, but I give this like minus 10 stars. This is all shit. So. You you can, you can give it, you can do whatever you want on this pod. This is like one of the all-time worst things that WCW ever did, teasing the horseman and bringing in Paul Roma. One of the worst things <laughs> ever. Uh, uh, Schiff, like like uh, like Sean says, when you, when you're building the building a show up and the big reveal ends up being Paul Roma, you're in you're in pretty dire waters at this stage. Yeah, I hate to uh, to be this person, Sean, but the coke was in 
was in ninety. This was they lowballed him on an offer, and he uh, just well, you know what? the calls. Uh, no, no, that's okay. I prefer to think he was doing coke. It's just leave it at coke. I'm yeah, good. okay. <laughs> I got, I got, I got, it, I got, it, I got it wrong as well. So I'll, I'll take the blame with Sean. <laughs> no, no. You know what? You're right, and I did not do my job as a historian to represent Slamboree 93, so I apologize. Well, no, because after watching this, I went back and started reading the old Observers, like, just to see what the hell was going on, like, after Slamboree, and that was one of the things that was brought up. Um, And, like, like, only, like, and, like, the most messed up thing with WCW here is they were hyping, even before Flair come out, oh, we're going to reunite the original Horseman. And they give yes. some half-assed excuse with saying that Barry got to Tully. So that's why, you know, it, it would be so much better if if we saw later that Tully comes out and was, like, Barry's manager for the night. Like, that would have made it a hundred times better than what this shit is. Um, you know, Sean... I. I know you're older than me. Uh, did did you find Fifi attractive? Uh, no. I okay. Never have. No. Because the crowd was like going crazy, and I was like, "Is this it? Is this it?" I mean, but no, Flair's I, I been think, married I, like Fifi, seven times, so Fifi, Fifi would probably be in my '93 Smell Club. I, I, oh, <laughs> she's in my 2022 Smell Club for having sex well, with Rick Flair. Yeah you, yeah, you and I are on the same page with Fifi for sure. Um, only you know, just some old ass curmudgeon and. You know, it it would have made sense if they would have had Arn, you know, go for the, win the title here, and you know, but WCW already taped six months ahead. So, what what can we do here? And like you said, Roma, I remember I was like I talked to you guys before. I was four years old. I remember Roma being in the Horseman and thinking like, this is what the Horseman's supposed to be, because <laughs> like because when he teams up with Arn and like that's. I think that's the worst partner Arn's ever had. I'm pretty sure he teamed with David Flair on some like house shows for WCW. <laughs> and why and why the tag belts with them, the boot. Yes. Well, with 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 Shift's explanation, I am I am I am just thinking out loud now. I wonder if they actually thought we might get on on the night or the the offer, the refusal of the money was pretty damn close to this, and they just didn't change it till the night. That's what from what Scott's saying. That that sounds like could have happened. Yeah, yeah. They, he he was offered five hundred dollars per night in '93, and he didn't even call him back after that. Well, you know what? He should have took it because he had nothing else going on. So. I was going to say, yeah. Uh, Logan, I will say though, I will say like for ninety for my ninety for, so for '93. How about this for a, for a horseman team instead of what we got? So we've got Rick, we've got Odd, and how about we put Austin and Pillman with him? What a, what mm-hmm. a unit that would have been. Yeah, 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 I mean, and, and Pillman even went went in in '95 when they kind of re, redid it then too. I mean, Roma looks the part. I think he looks like he should be a star, but as soon as he opens his mouth, it's just like, yeah, this guy's not. This guy ain't got it. And as soon as you see him in the ring, he's super boring and uh, not, there's nothing special about him. But like, I I will say he at least kind of looks the part. He looks like he's a young up and coming guy that they can kind of mold. Uh, but yeah, everything else he's just yeah. not got it. Uh, so, um, and nobody needs to see Oli in 1993. I mean, yes. he could be a manager, yes, I guess. Do. But, yes, uh, yes. he's an old yes. man. He needs to no, stay they need to see him. And how dare you praise Roma? Roma, he is not Randy Orton. Yeah, evolution, by I the way. I didn't praise him. I said he <laughs> you're like good. you're at, you're making him out like he was Randy Orton in Evolution when they introduced <laughs> him. What are you doing? Come on, man. Really? No, I I get what Logan's saying. Like he does. He does have a good look, but like once he no, opens his, he does. his yeah. out the window, yeah. 
Yeah, but you know what? If you know the history of Paul Roma, and that's why people shit on it, the guy was a fucking jobber in a team with Jim Powell. Oh, yeah, yeah I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he yeah. was a jobber for, before he was in the tag team, and then he was a jobber in the tag team, and then he came in. He was kind of jobber in a WCW before this. So, yeah, I mean, every, like I said, everything else about him is just not good at all and doesn't deserve to be in the horseman. But I will say he at least looks the part. So Yeah, I... I, I, I... I'm with Logan. Like I say, he looks apart until you actually see him wrestle and then op- or open his mouth. The, the actual yeah, yeah, look yeah. of the guy. You can see you can see why they put him in. Um, so after this segment, gents, we then go back to ringside where Tony and Larry are joined by Johnny Valentine, who's going to do country oh, for our next match, which is a singles oh, contest between Nick Bockwinkle and Dory Funk Jr. Bockwinkle has Vern Gagne with him. Dory Funk has Gene Kinesky. I am going to go... To, I'm going to go for the case. I'm going to do the case for the defense first. So, Sean, I'm with the. I honestly with you on this match. I actually, I actually quite like this. Surprisingly, I, I didn't think I was going All right. to. All right. So let me tell you. So, full disclosure, guys. When this match happened in '93, I was 20 years old. So for me, you know, I'm watching this. I'm like, oh god, Dory Funk and Nick Bockwinkle. And I hadn't watched a lot of Bockwinkle. I knew he's a long AWA champion. I honestly had to see a lot of Dory Funk. Um, we've watched a lot of Dory Funk on YouTube roulette. What's amazing is he looks exactly the same here as he does in all the matches we watched from like the seventies. It's ridiculous. Um, he, Dory's come out with Gene Kaniski and, uh, quite the receiving mullet on Dolly by, uh, on Dory, by the way, like his hair style has never changed. Nick's out with Vern Gagne. If you know their history, they're usually big rivals. They feuded over the AWA title. Uh, they announced it's a 15 minute time limit and immediately you're like, Oh fuck. Um, I love not Nick Bockwinkle's hair. I said, I think I've said it before. I think he has wonderful George Washington hair. He looks very <laughs> regal. Like he looks like the AWA version of Ric Flair. That's how he carries himself. And he's honestly still in good shape. Um, Valentine sounded just like his son. If I had not known who he was, I would have thought it was Greg. It would have made a difference. Uh, Larry bragging that he retired, Nick. He uh, actually did. I think Nick's, Nick's last match was against Larry. Uh, and by the way, just for age, in case you didn't know this, in this match, Nick is 59 and Dory is only 52 and looks 100. Like, Dory Funk oh, is 52 God. in this. Think about that. Um, Woo! DMV Dory, baby. Yep. So I thought, <laughs> so here's what I like. I thought the Funk forearms were good. I did not hate the Matt Wrestling, but I could see why some others that are on this show that are wrong didn't <laughs> it. Um, the crowd was absolutely dead, as Larry says. He's enthralled with the match. Yes, so I'll give you been. that. Um, there were boring chants heard loudly. Unfortunately, as 93 fans... As there should have been. Listen to what I have to say first, fucker. Um, <laughs> as 93... I mean, of course they're going to chow boring, like boring loudly because it's 1993 and none of these fans probably don't even know late 70s and mid 80s wrestling like this. So that's the problem. They're seeing wrestling that they're not used to. Uh, but you got to give them credit. You get a goddamn belly-to-back suplex and you get a pile driver. I thought the last minute was very old school rush to beat the draw, which I love that shit. Uh, and I am sure I will get the prestigious. So, well, maybe not because Ben went the same uh, same rating I did on this one. I enjoyed this quite a bit. It was definitely an old school AWA match in particular. Um, and even though the crowd chanted boring, I don't know if you noticed this, but at the end of the match, they got a standing ovation. And I think they deserved yeah. it. I yeah, because it was over. No, that's not why they got a standing ovation. <laughs> because these guys worked a 15-minute draw match at their age, and they fucking crushed it. I went two and three quarters, and you can get the fuck. So, 
Yeah, I went, I went, I went two and three quarters on it as well because like it is very competently done. But God, I can see why people hate it, including I'm guessing the two other people on this call, uh, Scott. Um, like if you want, if you want headlocks and uh, you know chain wrestling and your boring scientific holds, then the first ten minutes of this match really are for you. Yeah, it was it was taking my will to live. Um, oh, you go fuck whatever. You guys are I, ridiculous. Here's here's my note. Uh, just a lockup. Ain't <clears throat> shit happening. DMV Clark is wrestling. Leg lock of doom. List sucks. Um, I said 1970 wrestling doesn't work in 1990, and sure hell doesn't work in 2020. It's like they are wrestling underwater. These near falls are meh. Draw one star. And it's bullshit. The <laughs> AWA was out of business, and the NWA yeah, was but you basically know what? nothing. And we you have a draw like it's 1986. Like, get the fuck out of here. Hey, Chef. Yeah, exactly. you know what? You know what sucks? You suck. Anyway, yeah, they worked this great AWA classic. The AWA went out of business because they but, fucking okay. suck. The AWA they went out of business it, because okay. they fucking suck. Fuck you. WCW went out of business too, you motherfucker. <laughs> Because it fucking sucked. <laughs> okay, but there are time periods that it did not, just like the fucking AWA, asshole. <laughs> now, I, now, just let's, let's just because, just because you weren't alive when the AWA was actually good. Don't shit on it. I, I, I'm just more upset that, like, <laughs> what does that have to do with me being alive? It because, either sucks because, or it doesn't. Because you never saw it. You never saw it when it was actually decent, was my point. And, and, and to be honest, <laughs> All I know, Bachwinkle ass is WCW commissioner. So like, yes. seeing this, like seeing okay. Russell, I know he so, had that stuff with AWA. He was the one that got Bobby Heenan because that was his. Yes. Um, that was yes. his manager. That's the yeah. one who who Jericho curbed a lot of his when he had the suits and saying big words. He stole that mm-hmm. right from Bachwinkle. He, he, I do he know was that. Rick Flair. He was Ric Flair before Ric Flair was Ric Flair. Okay. And, and I'll say at times he was better and better than Flair, but. And by the way, you've wa- you've watched Nick Bockwinkle matches on Crock and Roll, and by the way, you've watched Bockwinkle matches on Roulette, Logan, and you liked it. By the way, if you forget, yeah, 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 I, I don't right. have a problem with Bockwinkle <laughs> in his time. This is nineteen ninety. Okay, fucking three. Think and about, these guys are fifty okay, years old Logan, wrestling. It. What is the theme wrong? What, what is the God damn it? I have no voice. I'm going to kill myself. What, what is the theme of this pay-per-view? It's Legends Reunion. They if you're gonna, if you're, if you're, all of if the matches are awful. Okay, if you're going to have a Legends Reunion and you're going to have a somewhat have good a match, reunion. this is the one they should have done. This match as a Legends match is perfectly fine and acceptable. The other ones, can I'm not giving you. This one's acceptable. Can you uh, two play nice, please? We have a special guest with us. Oh, yeah. Just I, on other I expect- He's not a guest. Yeah. I expect better from you two. <laughs> um, Logan, what I will say is, I mean, like I said, like I said, it was very. I, I thought I personally felt it was very competently wrestled, but I definitely felt every single minute of those fifteen, and it didn't help that the you know the, the countdown from five minutes on, where you knew exactly where this was going. Yeah, um, and Sean, Sean used the word rush at one point in his uh, explanation. There was no rushing in this. Yes, match. everything was done was. in slow motion. There was everything was, was done in slow. Let end. me talk. It's my turn now. You're, you're everything was done in slow. Off. Everything was done in slow motion. <laughs> 
no, nothing was done with any kind of speed. It was boring. I, I'm just I'm just being honest. This is how I feel. It was boring. I, I I can't get into this at all. In 1970, this is a two and a half star match at minimum. It's probably great back then. I understand that. I understand that I'm an educated to that time period. I, I'm uneducated to that time period. I get it. I agree with you, Sean. It, it's my lack of knowledge. It's my lack of diving into that time period. I don't get it. It's not something for me. I was born in 1993, so anything past this is probably more my speed. This is not this is not a match for me. At in 1970, like I said, bare minimum two and a okay. half star. Match. No, probably in 1970 it would have been three and a half. But I also respect your opinion based on I, I not being I your type bare of minimum. It yeah, could have been not, greater. It's, it's I, not I, I your. It's not your wrestling style due to your time frame of when you watch wrestling, and I respect that. I do. I totally respect it. Hey, gotcha. But this match took place in 1993, so I will give it one star. But I do ask that you respect my opinion because I did watch it there anyway. I do do respect your opinion. I just don't agree with it. Um, But uh, (laughs) my two notes in this match is they mentioned that Dory had a four-year title reign at one point. And watching this match, it makes me think of fingernails on a chalkboard because that sounds awful. But, again, I'm educated to his title reign and anything that he really did. Um, Also, my second note is these two should have had a triple threat with Arn at some point. So this could be the matchup of the three guys who look 60 years old their entire adulthood. So that's all I got. That is is a very good point. Very good point. (laughs) Right, guys. I I think at this point we all need to take a little break and just, you know, five minutes to go get a drink so we can all calm down a bit. Uh, So that will end things for part one for Sean Kidd, Scott Schiffler, and Logan Groslin. I'm Ben Lock, and we'll be back with the second part of episode 24 of Chicken Side, and we will see you on the other side. My name's Ben Lock, and I'm here with Sean Kidd, Logan Crosland, and Scott Schofield, and we are talking all things Slamboree 1993, so let's get back to the Omni, where Eric Bischoff is now with Lou Fez and Bob Geigel, and Lou is very happy to be there, and is loving the show so far. Bob is also happy to be there, and puts over the previous match, so... Bob Geigel thinks it's good, gents. So you know, just just bear that in mind. Bob Bob Geigel likes it. Uh, our next match is tag- <laughs> Our next match is a tag team match consisting of Rick Rude and Paul Orndorff versus Dustin Rhodes and Kensuke Sasaki. This match for me, as Sean has already mentioned, ninety-three WCW had a couple of absolute banger of theme tunes. One of which is, of course, simply ravishing, which is probably my favorite theme tune of all time. Another one of them is, of course, the theme tune of one Mr. Dustin Rhodes, who is otherwise known to all of us as 
Oh, they call him the natural. Natural. Natural as can be. They call him the natural. Natural. It comes naturally. He's the son of a son and son of a gun. The horse does a rodeo bulldog. He's the natural one. He certainly is. Thank you, Logan. And as I'm watching, as we are recording this right now, uh, Dustin Rhodes having quite the banger with Sierra Bull, which kind of just gives you the, the man's longevity right there. Uh, go to, I will go to Logan first for the second part of the show. Um, first of all, I, I'm very much in favour of Rhodes and uh, sorry, Rude and Orndorff wearing matching robes to the ring. That was, uh, mm-hmm. that was a lovely touch. Um, this match, I, I, I thought it was okay. I, it it could and should have been a lot better, but you know, it was compared to what we've seen so far. This this is perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely should have been better than it was, uh, without a doubt. I won't deny that. Um, early, I love the arm work that Rhodes and Sasaki did on the heels. They really wrench the arms and kind of rip it, rip it out of place. Um, I felt like Rhodes, not Rhodes, Rhodes's offense and Rhodes' selling ability are kind of a match made in heaven because uh, Rhodes is real fast paced and can uh, throw some big haymakers and stuff like that. And Rhodes, Rhodes sells like well, uh, he's probably one of the best sellers in the in the industry. Um, but uh, he uh, Rhodes, Rhodes does a disgusting uh, tombstone on Rude at one point. Uh, the way Rude uh, sells the atomic drop will never not make me laugh. He just does the weird little walk around, like he—I <laughs> don't even know—he's just—he's just amazing when it when it does that. Um, the worst part about the match was the end. Uh, Sasaki takes the Rude Awakening, but basically no sells it, which is kind of disheartening. Uh, but it's kind <laughs> of expected because all the Japanese superstars kind of no sell a lot of the harder moves uh, that the um, uh, American wrestlers do do to them at this point. I feel like in a lot of these uh, matches where they have talent come over, so it's it's disheartening. But I kind of it's halfway expected it. Uh, but for the work that the guys did, I, I thought it was a two star match. Uh, it, it like I, like I said, it could have been a lot better, but uh, that's how I felt about it. I, I also went two stars on it, so I'm right there with you. Uh, Scott, now, I don't know how much of, like, Japan, Japanese wrestling you watched back, you know, no. from the ni- early 90s, but we, one of our sports channels over here had some Japanese wrestling on, so I was I was really pleased to hear that, you know, when they mentioned the Hellraisers, because they were one of my favorite tag teams of the early 90s, but as much as I love Dustin Rose, I wish I wish it was Hawk and Suzuki in this match because uh, I get the feeling that, that would have been quite the 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 stiff chop fest and Rude would have took no shit. Um, but yeah, uh, like like that finishing sequence was just awful. Um, and it it like like you say, it should and could have been so much better than it actually was. Um. So with um. Matches in Japan, I've only known what Sean has graced me with on roulette and uh, crack and roll. So trash. Uh, <laughs> uh, the ones on roulette have been four stars, motherfucker, so shut up. <laughs> he, he, he is right on that. Um, I, I, I love the themes, as we spoke about earlier. Um, I thought it was a little fucked up they were working Paul, Paul Orndor's arm, considering he has all those issues with his arm, but heck. I mean, <laughs> it's, I mean, it is it is smart working the bad arm. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I forgot how great Dustin and Rude's chemistry was. Um, oh god, it was, it was just off the charts great. I love they had a reverse pile driver spot in there, 
which Rude always did that in those matches because I remember him doing that quite a bit with Steamboat and Sting, but I, I pop for them every time. Uh, you know, the ending was a little off. I originally had three, but I watched it again today, so I, I dropped it down to uh, 2.75. Cracking. Uh, Sean, uh, from what we just spoke about off air, I, I think you might not be a fan of this. I'm just getting the slight yeah, feeling. Uh, Schiff is absolutely locked in uh, the Sean Kidd Award for the evening for that take. Um, uh, Orndorff and Rude on paper, I, I, what I do like, they look like a perfect team together, right? Like they feuded, what, briefly in WWF when Rude first got there, but they're off. They should be the perfect team. Uh, Dustin and Sasaki, not so much. Uh, not really good combo. Sasaki uh, rocking the bullet and looks like a powerlifting horn swoggle next to everybody else. Was the comment <laughs> I made. <laughs> um, I do, and Ben, I also did like the fact that they brought up uh, the Hawk and the Hellraisers. So I did like that as well. I thought that was cool. Um, Logan brought up health. He thought the great arm work, and I thought the arm work sucked. And unfortunately, there were lots of it. It was terrible. Um, <laughs> Dustin got a pretty good high backdrop on Rude, and I also like Dustin eating shit, charging Rude, and then flying over the top rope. Now, you brought up the tombstone. Uh, yes, Dustin did break out a tombstone. What you failed to mention is it was a very botchy way to get to yes. it. They botched the <laughs> shit out of it. Uh, Sasaki, Sasaki had um, with uh, some nice clothesline and a press slam on Rude. Um, the Rude Awakening for three. Listen, guys, the match was eh. It was nothing awful. I thought the last few minutes were good, but I actually went two stars, but it definitely was not two and three quarter stars shift. Like this match just, it should have been way, way better than it was. It was not good. I think we're, I think we're all in the same ballpark. So I think, I think that's acceptable. I don't think you can ever go with you too much for that, Sean. <laughs> nope. Right, gents. After this match, we then have the Hall of Fame ceremony. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to read my. I'm going to read my notes, and then if you like, if you if you'll just enjoy, indulge me to read my notes, and then we'll talk about it after that. We that's how we'll do this. So uh, the Hall of Fame is taking place in the ring where Gordon Soley is the MC for the evening. He's a little bit tipsy already, and bless him, yes. can't get his cues or doesn't know his cues when when they come up. He has to keep getting told what to do and when to do it. Um, if we had a, if we had a line of the night on these shows, um, this would be mine. Um, there are many great living legends who can't be with us tonight because they have passed on. Well, that takes away the words "living legend," then, doesn't it, Gordon? Uh, you know, yes. Don't ask, I don't ask for much again. I don't ask for much. Gordon reads some of those names out who aren't there and asks for a moment of silence that he does not get from the crowd because they do not give one shit. Uh, Luthez is the first inductee of the evening. Gordon reads out his accomplishments, accomplishments out. They also get a nice plaque, I thought, with their, with their face on it, which was a, a lovely touch. Uh, Vern Gagne is next. He's the second inductee. Uh, not much not much fun happens there, though. Uh, Mr. Wrestling is our third inductee. He g wouldn't take his mask off for Jimmy Carr's inauguration, apparently, which I actually thought was quite nice to be tell. And our final inductee of the evening is Eddie Graham, whose son Mike accepts the honor. Mike looks like he's just about to go off to do, to uh, sell some cars or make a, or make a court appearance for a DUI. You take your pick. It's it's one of the two. Uh, Sean, um, I mean, you've got to say compared to like the overblown Hall of Fame we get nowadays, a nice sort of five ten minute segment is okay. But uh, Gordon, bless him, is not the man to do that. Well, you know, this segment is just cringe. I mean. 
let alone for the people they're recognizing. So um, I thought Soli was getting emotional as the crowd cheered for him, but I couldn't tell if he was getting emotional or if he had the alcohol sweats because he was clearly drunk. Um, and again, you brought up that he had the legend. He <clears throat> brought up the legends that passed away. He also looks like a corpse who has had his hair pinned on oh at this God. point. Um, <laughs> they did bring up Luthez. His last match in Japan was two years ago. I might have to find that for YouTube roulette for everybody to shit on because that sounds like it could be quite the not good banger for us to watch. Uh, Vern, the only thing you really said about Vern is apparently he was active in many things. Uh, Mr. Wrestling 2, uh, famous territory wrestler. And yes, he did meet Jimmy Carter. Um, and it was a big deal. It was on all the newspapers how he met this wrestler that wouldn't take his mask off off for him, which, you know, it's a pretty kayfabe shit. Uh, the most cringeworthy is Eddie Graham. Uh, and Mike, Mike is here to accept. And the, the first thing I noticed is Mike looks like a miserable prick, just like he always does. Anything I've ever watched Mike Graham's in when he's announcing or he's presenting, he looks like a miserable miserable prick. And he also should never shave. He should keep his mustache all the time because he is one of those people that should not shave. Um, and then I had a really inappropriate joke about uh, both of them being in the Hall of Fame for something else, but I'm not going to make it. Um, and this is a lame Hall of Fame ceremony in general. This is terrible. Um, yeah, this is awful. Not a good ceremony whatsoever. And the, the people they actually put in the Hall of Fame here, I think the only one that makes a whole lot of, I mean, there's two, Luthez and Vern Gagne make sense, but the rest of them, it's kind of like, eh, and you're right, the crowd gave no shit about any of them. So not not good, not good. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm admiring the fact that you've, you've shown a bit of restraint there by not telling your joke. I mean, you know. You, I mean, well, I, figured, not, I yeah. figured Schiff will do it, so I'm just going to let him do it. Okay. Okay, so, so Schiff, have you got like an inappropriate joke for us? You know, um, Sean's two sons here, the two princes of inappropriateness. Just that no one can get the. No, I'm not saying that one. No. Uh, <laughs> well, you, well, you do. Hey, hey, Schiff, you do know what I'm insinuating in that, right? Yes. Okay, well, don't disappoint me. <laughs> no, no, I can't. I can't. It's rough. All right, fine. All right. I'm sorry. I'm okay. sorry. Let me down. It's okay. Go ahead. Uh, I mean, have you got anything else to add on this? I mean, it was a, it was a fairly basic ceremony, I thought. Look, Schiff. Yeah, I didn't know that Luthez looked like that. That was like my first time seeing him, so I was shocked. Just not what I thought when I saw him. The Mr. Wrestling 2, that, that's Tim Wood, right? Yes. 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 Okay, yeah, he just passed away recently, so I remember reading Meltzer's uh, obituary for him. Um, it was it was nothing, but it was very something very cool, and I'm pretty sure WWF then pumped out their Hall of Fame and threw Andre in around this time, so you know they had their dueling Hall of Fames. Even though I think this would go away after 95 when Poffo goes in, because that's what made Gordon solely quit. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, they did they did the Andre one WrestleMania 9 weekend, didn't they? That was just he was the only one who was inducted in, as I remember. Um mm. I mean Logan, I mean, you know, Gordon's very much a man after your own heart, you know, let, let's just appear absolutely smashed on TV and try and try and speak competently. Yeah, I, my, my, I completely skipped this segment just because I didn't want to sit through this. I wanted to use use my time wisely within my life and not have to <laughs> sit through all this. Time. 
Uh, but my favorite part of the, at the beginning of it was he was like, "All right, calm down now, everybody, calm down. Let me say my let me say my piece." So he was like talking to them like they were fucking children in the crowd. So uh, that was my that that was my one uh, one thing I could talk about that uh, you know <laughs> at the beginning. Uh, Sully was trying to uh, please calm down now. It's it's time to do the, the do the honors. Let's go. You know, <laughs> so, like trying to get his kids to shut up in the car. So thought that's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> after so after the uh, after the Hall of Fame segment, we head up to the uh, to the interview area where Mizzy Hyatt is now with James Blears, who is apparently Mister Hawaii, and John Tolas, who is Mister West Coast, who Missy seems to have quite the thing for, and he's having a great time tonight. And if Missy has her way, probably will be having a great time even later as well. Mm. James and John, James and John think that wrestling is the best. And like, and then they like the people who apparently quote unquote got the signal for the show because that's the way things were done in 1993. Uh, Bleas then presents Missy with her very own monocle to wear, who, which I, I don't know if you're aware of this, German. All people in the UK do wear a monocle, so you know that's uh, that's quite <laughs> the uh, that's quite the gift to give. I knew it. Very, yes, yes. What what I also appreciated is he made a tally ho joke. At least he was right about Missy being a hoe. So you got to give him credit for that. So, <laughs> oh, so. Yep. Missy was definitely going to be banging Tullus later on. That was that was the thing that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we then go to our next match, which it which pits Sting. He should be facing Scott Flash Norton, but instead he is going to be facing the Prisoner. For those of you who know your early 90s wrestling, the prisoner is also known as Nails. As he comes out, there is a bossman chant that fills up the Omni. I love the fact as well, he even wore the same jumpsuit he wore in the WWE. He didn't even bother to change that. Uh, Sean, I know you're not the biggest Sting fan, but this, this genuinely might be the worst Sting match I've ever watched. I'm sure if I tried, I'd find something worse. But let me tell you something. Ugh. I'm sure, like Norton. I know I was like, oh, is Norton Norton in '93 against Sting would have been good. That it would have been a good match. So it's kind of a shame that we missed that. Uh, but to your point, he's wearing the same outfit, zero originality in this. Uh, the frantic prisoner choking and hanging Sting was so fucking comical, and it's awful. Um, <clears throat> Sting, it, I, I'm gonna be. Pr- this is gonna get you guys mad. Sting in 93 is not the wrestler to be carrying anybody, let alone this guy. Like, he cannot carry a match to save his life. He is, I mean, he's never been able to carry a match ever in his career because he sucks. Um, Prisoner got way too much offense on the top baby face. The top row clothesline for Sting got two, which garbage. It was shit. This match is insulting, and I'm going double dud. And then Tony has the nerve to say the Prisoner has made his mark, and I don't think we see the Prisoner ever again. So, yeah, this match can fuck off. Terrible. Awful. Uh- a double dude. I think I might be the first ever double dude we've ever had. Uh, yeah, Scott. Awful. I I will say if this if you like your punches, your kicks, and your chokes, this is the match for you because it's five minutes until we see a wrestling goal, which is which is a body slam. But yeah, if you, if you like punches and kicks and chokes, yep, yeah, watch this. Yeah, the prisoner was choking Sting like it was Vince. Um, <laughs> I mean, Jesus, like, how does WCW screw this up so bad? I mean, I, I read that the reason why they took Scott, why Scott Norton backed out is because he just saw that he wasn't on any of the TVs after um, Slamboree. So he's like, I'm not going to, you know, lose in the, 
Lynn leave. But, you know, it's not like Nails is the best wrestler anyway. So it, it was just bad all around. Um, I'm going 0.25. Just Sting couldn't even hit his, like, they didn't even let him put him in the Scorpion. He hit a cross body block from the top rope, and that's how they won. Why are they trying to protect Nails in 1993 when, as Sean said, he's the most popular baby uh baby face in the company you know maybe slightly behind flair because the um you know the the grown-ups the adults like flair and the kids like sting how's there nothing planned for sting on slam 93 they had like five pay-per-views back in 93 how is there nothing planned for him it's just piss poor <laughs> wcw booking right here did you Absolutely. say play two five are you insane yeah i am oh, god jesus christ yeah, we, we all have opinions, Sean. You know, let's not let's not let's not watch it to everybody. Um, Logan, I mean, this match would have been all right as like a two three minute squash, but they they went over ten minutes here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I went point two five a sh- uh, shift as well. Um, I do love that they have the uh, boss man chance going on bef- as the prisoner kind of comes towards the ring. And ironically, this is near Cobb County, Georgia. So I-, I thought that's a pretty weird thing that Nails just happens to be in the match where the where the uh, his biggest rival uh, had been a uh, corrections officer or whatever you want to say. So it was right around right around that area. Um, I-, I was surprised as much as the prisoner dominates the match it's hard to believe they didn't have any plans for him past this now as i say that he is awful in the ring so i really don't blame them but i also uh it also just seemed like they were going somewhere further with him but uh the match doesn't make sting look good at all um and sean's opinion he never looks good but that's his opinion and his his he doesn't look good Um, at all because it's not good that's why that's not true um but i am glad (laughs) i am i am glad he won uh, but yeah, the match doesn't make him look good at all. I, I, and I'll I'll go uh, quarter star like uh, sh- shifted. Can you explain uh, to me the quarter star? I, again, I know it's apples apples, but how can you even give this anything? I don't understand. Well, I gave it a quarter star as well, Sean. So, how, but how? <laughs> I don't. I, that's, I just don't understand. Because I'm a Sting Mark. Because we yeah, like Sting. Because he's a good Sting. wrestler. Yeah, and, and the crossbody was pretty okay. Jesus yeah. Christ! All right, whatever. All right. Sit in wrong Stingness. <laughs> we then go to Tony and Larry, whose commentary position is in the way of the guy setting up the cage. So Tony has to throw it to Eric, who is with the Crusher, who gives a shout out to all of his grandkids. There's eight of them, apparently. Eric talks about his cage and tag experience, which is so he's able to explain how a tag match is different inside the cage. Ox Baker. Yeah, me neither. He's also there and wants to face the crusher in the cage and decides to put a bell on Eric. That leads us to our tag title match tonight, which is consisting of the team of Ricky Steamboat and Shane Douglas in their Lost Dust Ombres outfits against God's tag team, the Hollywood Blondes. But before the match, gents, Steamboat announces that because they beat the blondes in the suits, they are going to wear them again tonight. But the real reason for this is that Shane Douglas is no longer with the company. So it is Tom Zenk under the suit. Um, I will go to Logan first. Um, I really like this, but I don't know if that's just because I am like Hollywood blonde mark number one. I think that might be the reason why. No, I really enjoyed it as well. Um, other than Zinc, I think the other three guys are really great. Uh, 
at what they do. Um, they showed like two guys at ringside. They kind of kept showing them a few times. Uh, they were supposed to be like agents of some sort. I, I wondered what that was supposed to be. I don't really know if that goes anywhere, but uh, I thought that was a little interesting little thing that happened before the match. Um, this is one of those matches where the commentary really kind of annoys me. Uh, Larry goes on a lot about how great he is and how he retired all these people and how he was the last AWA champion and all that crap. Uh, so he got he got on my nerves in this match. And Tony's kind of incessant need to point out that the hombres were both Steamboat and Douglas, and he just kept going on and on and on and on and about it. Um, early in the match, Austin takes two absolutely brutal uh bumps into the cage i thought that was really great i thought this was a really really good match uh but it, it had an incredibly muddled ending uh, i didn't like the ending at all i feel like there this is another one where the ref kind of screwed up something somewhere along the way and it just kind of fell into chaos uh so yeah it it, it i thought it was a really good match good work by all involved i thought i thought what they did in the match was good um, but yeah, the ending kind of screwed it up. Uh, I think I originally wrote down 3.25, but I'm just going to go three on it, but I thought it was a solid contest. That seems, that seems reasonable. Um, Scott, I will say that for Tom Zeke to come in and basically, you know, even, even just to, you know, hold up his end of the bargain because, you know, you have to wrestle that generic style and, and they try and he, and he did do a pretty possible attempt to be Shane Douglas, I thought. Yeah, I, I definitely agree, but I'm going to go back to when you what you said, what Crusher was saying, how he shouted out his eight grandkids. I'm glad you were yes. able to figure out what he was saying, because I thought <laughs> I was having a stroke, because I couldn't understand a word he was saying. Um, but no, um, I really like this match a lot. Um, I, I remember liking like the Steamboat Douglas feud with the Hollywood Blondes, and you know, the Hollywood Blondes are just great in this. They were throwing each other in the cage. I wish they would have had blood, but WSW93, we were not going to get blood. Um, you know, we shit on Larry a lot, but he actually says that in the next century, Austin will be a legend. He was 100% right. Um, I like Steamboat's off the top rope crossbody. That's where they had um, the belt, the the bell goes off. I thought we had a new tag chance. Everyone seemed confused with that. Maybe like the timekeeper thought it was a shoot and, you know, the steamboat, the those hombres really won. I like the stun gun. That was an awesome looking stun gun, and the Hollywood Blondes win. I'm going three as well. Um, after thinking about it more, I did have it originally as three and a half, but I dropped it down to three. So I don't want I, Sean I, to kill me. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go three and a quarter because I like. I really do. I love that spot where uh, steamboat suplexes Austin onto the cage and does the. Uh, does the splash actually onto the on the cage? I thought that was really nice and really well done. Uh, Sean, as the big Ricky Steamboat fan on the pod, um, I get the feeling you might have a slightly different view. <clears throat> All right, so here's something that'll shock you. I thought I loved, I loved Douglas and Steamboat as a tag team. Like to, I know Scott said it. He liked them. I liked them too. Uh, they had a match, I think at Starcade uh, against uh, Pillman and Wyndham. That is absolutely one of my favorite tag team matches ever. It's just a great like banger, and that's before Pillman joined the Hollywood Blondes. So this feud was really well built. I mean, they had done a good job. And <clears throat> the problem is, you know, obviously Shane Douglas is gone. Uh, they're doing a cage match, and this is supposed to be the blow off of this feud. And honestly, being in those Los Hombres outfits kind of took me out of it a little bit. Um, and you know, there's a couple of things that really stand out for me. Um, you know, Ta Tony makes the comment that he has no idea who Steamboat or Douglas is. And the first that I made is, well, here's a clue. Douglas isn't even here. You fucking dumbass. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of arm work and I think the arm work like faces work over Austin's arm for a long time. And one thing I'm not 
they're a big fan of is doing a lot of limb work in a cage blow off to a feud. I just don't think it works. Um, I thought it was way too long. Um, you know, but there was some good stuff. Brian got press slammed into the cage. I thought that looked good. Um, Austin hung upside down on a cage and Steamboat and Zank take turns doing uh, dives on him in the cage. Um, I thought Zink looked awkward most of it because he was trying to make it look obvious that he wasn't Tom Zink. So some of his sets look kind of botchy. And I don't think... Let's be real. No one would have known it was Tom Zink. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, but you could tell it wasn't Shane Douglas. If you actually yeah, watch, you could tell it was not Shane Douglas. But, but it's not like it's Flair trying to be the Black Scorpion. No, but, yes. but, but because he was trying to throw people off, because that's what he's trying to do, I thought some of his set looked really botchy. I didn't think he looked good. Um, I did like... Um, the top of the bo- uh, cage body press by Steamboat to both. Then it gets crazy. Like the bell rings, um, but it was a two count. And then Steamboat's just a one-man machine. I like the stun gun to Zink, actually, for the win. Um, I thought the last minutes were great, but the match as a whole should have been a whole lot better, um, especially for a blow-off cage match. Crowd was also dead, by the way, guys. So um, I went a gentleman two and a quarter on this. I didn't think it was good. I didn't like it. <clears throat> Didn't like it. Well, you know, you're allowed your opinion, but I'll, I'll slightly disagree with you. But you know, we each to their own, I think. <laughs> but I was with I was with you with Bockwinkel and Funk. So just remember that, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> After the match, gents, we then go back up to the interview area where Eric Bischoff has got Stu Hart, Mister Wrestling Two, and the American Dream Dusty Rhodes. Dusty puts over the cage match we have just seen and then lays the challenge down to the assassin because in 93, everybody wants to see that match. God damn it. That's what we're going to get. Mr. Wrestling 2 says Dusty has what it takes to beat the assassin and will thank and thanks WCW for the honor of putting it into the Hall of Fame. Eric also mentions to Stu that wrestling is in his family. I don't know if you knew that, gents. Apparently, the heart to. Good wrestlers. That's that's a that, that was fucking absolutely stupid. That was ignorant. That was unbelievable. <laughs> uh, she mentions that all eight of his boys are in the business, and Diana is married to Davy Boy, who is going to win the world title tonight because he has superior strength and technique to Vader for his quest for the title. Ah, uh, Sean, I know you want to say something about this Stuart segment, so I will just hand things over to you. I mean. Dusty Rhodes here causes a tremendous night of wrestling and maybe congrats uh, everybody. Um, and then he cuts a promo on Assassin. And then he actually makes a comment about, come get my ass. And <laughs> the only thing I can think is the assa- he wants the Assassin to come get his ass. That kind of made me laugh a little bit. Uh, Mr. Wrestling has no idea what's happening and just stands there and thanks everyone. And then I also made the comment that Eric really asked Stu if wrestling was in his family. And I was pot because, like with Stu, Every other word was eh, uh, and listen, yeah, 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 uh, and then everything's like he lists off all his children and who all the fucking people are married to. It was so bad. Uh, yeah, this, this, I will tell you what, these legend promos tonight are some of the all time worst things I've ever seen on this show. They are so bad, so so bad. Uh, we've, we've, we've still got a couple of more to come. Oh, right? I know, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, and Scott, I mean. Were you impressed with Eric's as impressed with Eric's heart uh, family knowledge as I was? You know, because I didn't know about the kids being in wrestling. Oh, yeah. Eric has been. It's like they've been like pulling a practical joke on him tonight because, like, we have Bugsy saying how you know he has wearing too much makeup. All these guys are just like fucking with him, and like Dusty, like saying like his big ass is out here ready for. Um, 
what's his face, and then Stu, you know, shows up in WWF and WCW in the same year. I'm pretty sure it's just just craziness. And um, I mean, yeah, Eric comes off as an idiot, but I, he doesn't really have the best stuff to work with. I don't even think Miss <laughs> Wrestling Two even says anything. <laughs> uh, Logan, first of all, is is Charlotte all right? I'm just don't... <laughs> she's kind of, she's kind of having a rough night right now, apparently. <laughs> oh, bless her! Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Sue just fucking muddles through this whole thing. He he steals all the other guys' mic time. He's just hey, yeah, my uh, my uh, son, uh, the Navy boy is uh, he's gonna be great. He's gonna win the world title tonight. Bring it home with us and uh, celebrate with uh, uh, Diana. You know, so it's just it's it's just bad. Like like Sean said, all of these legend segments are pretty awful. So, um, but yeah. <laughs> oh well, I'm glad I'm glad she's feeling better. <laughs> So we then go to our next match in the ring, which is the NWA title match between Barry Windham and Arn Anderson. And I am pleased to say, gentlemen, that Arn, if he hadn't wrapped up the, uh, if he hadn't wrapped up the fashion statement award for the, uh, for the, uh, for the tuxedo he's wearing earlier on, I will say the jacket he wore was pretty damn swank as well. Um, Logan, I wanted to see more as much. I I thought both guys really gave it. A, I thought both guys were really good in it, and they told a great story. And damn it, I wanted more of this. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I really enjoyed this as well. Um, we are talking about Barry Arn, right? I'm kind of discombobulated yes. right now. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Don't worry. Sorry. That's uh, <laughs> all good. Um, but yeah, I, I I really enjoyed this one as well. I, I thought it was. Uh, I just thought it was. I really, really enjoyed it a lot. Um, I, I thought it was kind of sad that this is one of Arn's only shots at the world title. Uh, I really think they should have given him the belt uh, here, if even if just for a short run. He could have lost it right back to Barry uh, like a month later or something like that. Um, I do love that in the early going, Arn is constantly going for covers to try and surprise Wyndham. I like that he was trying to sneak in a win there. Um, Arn's ruthlessness to the cut on Barry's head when he busts him open is pretty awesome to see. Um, I love how at uh, certain angles you can tell how cheaply put together the mat is. I said I, th- I saw that earlier in the night, and then I kind of made the note in this match. Uh, but you can kind of see how each piece uh, of leather that or the mat is covering the ring. So I thought how cheaply put together it was. I thought this was really entertaining. Gave Arn a lot of realistic chances to walk out as champ, but uh, good heel tactics uh, help it pull out pull out for Wyndham. And I, I went three stars on it. Uh, I went three stars as well because, like I said, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, Chef, I mean, this was probably the last. Uh, this was probably the last appearance of one of the last moves of the real Barry Wyndham until we saw that fat goo mess that was in the WWE in the mid nineties. Um, I think he yeah he, he has a couple more. Yeah, he has a match with Flair. Yeah, I want to say yeah. at, at at the bash that yes. that's pretty yes. good for the NWA title. If memory serves. Well, well, it's not good, but <laughs> I said I said if memory serves, it gives me an out. <laughs> I, I will say uh, Arn started with a nice belly to belly, and then he hit a DDT, but he waited too long, which is very unarn like because me and Sean are in Arn's glory years in 1986 for uh, Croc and Roll, and he's just hitting a gourd buster, and it it is. He's just amazing in 1986. And seeing him wait too long after he hits the DET is a little upsetting. And I dinged it a little bit. Um, and I love that Barry, I guess he got, 
we talked about no blood in the cage match, but he has blood here. So it's like, oh, crap. Like he's and he's bleeding a gusher. It's not like a small little cut. He's straight up bleeding a gusher. Um, Arn hit his spine buster. It's not as crisp as his normal spine buster is. Barry thought that he was going to lose. So he started walking away. I, I did. I love that heel move where the um, bad guy's getting his ass kicked. And then he's like, ah, him or her just like, oh, I'm going to going to leave. And the baby face runs and gets him down. And did like, and, but that was Arn's undoing because when he got back in the ring, um, Arn threw down the ref twice, not once but twice. I don't know if he wasn't supposed to throw the ref down the first time. So Barry grabbed the belt and hit Arn with the belt. I went two and three quarters with this. Um, a little clunky at parts. It's like, you know, WCW can't get these endings down. How many times have we talked tonight with like the match was good, but the ending just didn't really make sense? This is another ending that did not make sense. And sadly, yeah. we still have that. We're still going to have a shitty ending with our last match coming up. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, Sean, like, like Schiff says, uh, that Crimson Mask accident or not really added to this, I thought. Yeah, I, listen, I told you guys earlier, I was stoked for this match. I'm a big Arn Anderson guy. Everybody knows that. And kind of the story they were telling to get to this um, to say, hey, you know, Arn's getting his title shot was great. Now, I didn't have any expectation of Arn to win because. Since Flair got back at Super Brawl, it's been very apparent they're building the him versus Wyndham. They're just waiting for his contract at WWF to expire so he can wrestle. So his his so Barry's last match before you see him for a while is actually that match where he and Barry face each other for the title uh, at the uh, it's one of the beach whatever the beach one is that's coming up and Flair actually wins mm. the title there um, and then Barry injures himself and then he's gone because um, but anyway so long story short I was stoked for this. Uh, Wyndham was always one of my faves and he's been on a great run since like late 91 until about now. So he's really been on a roll. Uh, the story, like I said, with orange should tell itself. And at this point though, Barry's definitely showing signs of getting a little thick here. Uh, he's looking a little, you know, a little wide. And when he gets to that flare match, he's really out of shape. Uh, Larry, like you said, uh, rattles off his more of his bullshit about game of chess bullshit uh, that he does. Uh, they also take they also take uh, turns shitting on Tolly during the match while trying to get Robo over, over which I thought was great. Um, <laughs> Arn's DDT, like we mentioned, was very sloppy. Uh, Wyndham did hit a stiff knee to Arn's head. There was a nice clothesline to Arn while he jumped off the rope. I thought Barry actually hit a better DDT. Um, the announcers were talking about the difference between NWA WCW rules was stupid. It just kind of takes away from the match for me. Uh, Wyndham, like you said, was busted open and had like a really nice cut. Um, and what I said on that is Arn follows that up with a headlock. Like, and then Big Barry hitting a drop kick to the top rope and the top rope clothesline looked good. He's really good on a fence. Um, honestly, guys, I was a little shocked and disappointed in Arn tonight. Like, this might be, I do, like, crock and roll. I don't think we've watched a bad match with him in it. I did not think he looked good here at all. Um, I think he was really bad on offense. Um, uh, Barry had most of the offense. Um, I did like the Arn spine buster, uh, but there should have been a DQ for the ref being pushed. And I hated the ending with the belt. I feel like they really missed the boat on telling a great story about how, you know, Arn, Arn would ultimately lost, but I felt like the finish could have been better to tell the story. It was really short. It was only like an 11 minute match. So, mm. um, in 93, I remember liking it a lot better, but I think Arn looked like a total idiot in this and, Wyndham dominated most of the match, so I actually went two and a quarter stars on this one, too. Very upsetting for me. I, oh. Yeah, yeah. This one bummed me out a lot because I remembered liking it a lot more in 93 and watching it the second time around. I just did not – I did not feel this match at all. Didn't like it. 
I, so. I, I, I'm in shock. I mean, I'm absolutely in shock in that. I, yeah, like I said, I, 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 me too. Me too. So I went, I went three on it, and like I say, I, I wish I could have seen more of it. I thought it was, I thought it was really good, but that's, maybe that's just my sensibilities at the moment. I don't know. Um, after the match, though, we don't, we don't go to it. We don't go to a backstage uh, to the interview area. We go straight to our main event, which is a world heavyweight title match between. Davey Boy Smith, the challenger, and the champion, Big Van Vader. Uh, Logan, I'll go to you first on this, because to quote to quote the great man Biggie, this really was actual big men slapping meat. <laughs> Without a doubt. Um, I, I love at the very beginning of this match that Vader kind of gets pissed that Davey kind of no-sells him and then blasts him with about 10 snug punches. I think he does a little bear hug, like arm smack thing that he does to their back, and Davy kind of no sells it, but then he hits him with like four big mutton chop punches in a row. Um, but uh, Davy kind of deadlifting him and slamming him on the ground was pretty impressive, as always. Uh, and then he does the stalling suplex in the ring, which is even more impressive. Uh, he didn't quite hold him as long as he would other people, but I understand because Vader's a massive human being, so I understand not being able to hold him up there forever. Um, not saying Davey would have been a trustworthy or a good world champion, but he was super over in front of this crowd. This crowd was super into him. Uh, so a change wouldn't have shocked me here because it just it just it seemed like uh, it was all going towards uh, Davey Boy's way. Um, and this it could have been another short term one. Like, I don't think this should I don't think Davey should have ever been a long term champion. But I, I think he was over with this crowd to a point where it could have been believable. Um Vader's power offense is awesome as always. It's awesome to watch every shot splash or whatever he ends up doing is just as stiff as it gets. He always lays everything in um, the electric chair spot that Davy boy does just kind of deadlifting him off the mat is mm-hmm. an, an incredible, unreal, just whatever you want to put on it. Uh, absolutely disappointing to see this end in a DQ. Uh, but I understand not wanting to really beat either guy at the same time, but would have loved to have seen some kind of a finish. Uh, probably would have gone three if not for the DQ, but I went two and three quarters uh, because of it. Yeah, I went I went two and three quarters. I was going to go three until the end. Uh, Chef, I will say, like, I was so impressed with the fact that they showed Davey Boy's power, power moves off because, you know, if this has been the WWE doing it, there is no way in hell Vader would have took that stalling suplex, for example. Yeah, I, I agree with Logan 100%. We should have gave Davey... Just a quick title, um, a title reign. Hell, he, there was a clash in between uh, this and the Bash at the Beach. Have Vader just regain the title there. Uh, WCW was always more of a heel hold the, the title for a whole lot longer than the baby face does anyway. So that would be nice. And it would set up to give some more extra juice for the Bash at the Beach tag match. Because we have uh, Sid and Vader versus Sting and Davey Boy. But uh, getting getting back to the match, like... Davey Boy suplexing Vader and just holding him up was awesome. I did love Davey trying the crucifix pin like it was Hercules at WrestleMania, and it didn't work. Vader just, you know, slams him back. Uh, Vader hit the Vader bomb, and Davey kicked out at two, which I thought was awesome. Vader, and Vader just starts beating the hell out of him. And Larry has this good line. If Stu had a heart, he'd throw in the towel. Tony just says no. Larry responds with, you're right, he's just a son-in-law, which I thought was a great <laughs> line. <laughs> I, I I quite like that as well. Uh, Sean, I will say as well, you definitely would have wanted to have been in the front row for that spot where Vader ended up toppling on top of everybody. Oh, of course. Like, I, you know, 
You know, here, a couple things I liked. I like Davy Boy no selling the Vader clothesline and the Vader avalanche because when they make like when they smacked, I think you brought it up as like two meat patties smacked together and you could actually hear the thuds. Like you actually yes. heard it and it was so good. Um, Vader punches of forearms. I, you know what? Imagine Hawk Hogan and ruining Vader a few years later. I mean, think about like Vader is so amazing here and I get mad every time I think about Hawk Hogan just like fucking them all up. Um, Davy's power move visuals are on point. The slam on the floor, the stalling suplex, the power slam, uh, the clothesline over the top. The crowd was super hot. Um, Vader's offense looks stiff and on point. Uh, the avalanche off the second rope was tremendous. Um, you know, Davy doing a, di- a dynamite kid with the diving headbutt was something. And then he actually did a bub- bubba bomb while he had a broken nose. Um, I like the splash off the top rope. Um, and, uh, we, we also, I think Logan brought up the electric chair spot, which was amazing. Uh, catching them on the power slam was also great. Uh, this match probably could have gone three and a quarter and three and a half for me. If it had, uh, actually had not a shit finished, the ending was terrible. Um, really good power match. I kind of liken it to warlord, um, versus, uh, Davey at mania seven, which to me is one of the underrated, uh, one of one of most underrated WrestleMania matches ever because I think it's a really good match and you're never going to see a match with the Warlord that good ever. Um, and then I do like the finish. Uh, I mean, I don't like the finish at the end. I don't know why you have to have Bagwell and Scorpio run in and then you got to have Vader sit there waiting for Sting to come in looking stupid. So I hated the ending. So I actually went three stars on it. It would have gone three and a quarter, three and a half if it weren't for the ending for me. It should have been more with the ending than just another shit ending to another match tonight. So not good. <laughs> yeah, I I was I really like I say if you if you stick a decent end on this, this is three and a quarter, three dollars stars all day long. It's just <laughs> it's just that awful DQ ending. And yeah, I love Harley, but bloody hell, just don't do that. Just don't do that, especially for the last match on your pay per view. Um, but it's not the last thing the crowd see tonight because uh, they throw back up to the interview area where Eric is now with Magnum TA, who thinks there will be a rematch based on what we've just seen. That is literally all Magnum says. Tony and Larry are then shown with Vern Gagne, who thinks that WCW has got the real talent in the wrestling business and didn't realize the wrestlers were that good, which ends the show. I don't know why they had to put those two interviews at the end, but that's what they did. It ends the show, but it doesn't end our show because we've got some awards to give out. So, Hey, Ben, real to... quick, what actually, ended the, what actually ended the show was not just the promo. But Larry cutting his pyramid legend bullshit. That's how they ended. Oh this. yes, of course. Like yes, so, like yeah. So it was like, it was another pyramid line, wasn't like it? Like the sands pyramids of time. So are the legends or whatever bullshit. Like just what a flat ending to the show too. Just <laughs> awful, awful. Yeah. We'll, we'll need we'll need to get Susan to uh, do do his Larry impression for us. So yes. Just say that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, so, like I say, we have got some awards to give out. I will stick with Sean. What was your favorite match of the night, Sean? Uh, the main event. Main event. Uh, Scott? I'm going to go with the tag cage. Cool. Uh, Logan? I'm going to go Barry Arn. Uh, I... I will, I will split. I, I will split it. I'm with. I was Scott. I also went for the tag cage, so uh, shit, shit I'll take. split it. Uh, worst match of the it, night for me. <laughs> worst match for the for me was the second of the Legends tag team matches. Uh, Logan, how about you? Yeah, the one that had Rashki in it is definitely the worst match for sure. Uh, Shift. 
Yeah, the Thunderbolt match. Uh, is it a clean sweep, uh, Sean? I get the feeling it might be. It could be if it weren't for the Prisoner versus Sting. So Prisoner uh, versus Sting. Shit, shit take. No, not a shit take. Shit that take. Was, shit that take. Was fucking shit. Listen, I'm more accepting of a bad Legends match than I am of a bad Sting match because you think he's all great and he sucks. So. It had nails in it. <laughs> I don't Claire care. Claire couldn't get you a match out of nail. Go- you gave it a goddamn quarter star because you're a bunch of sting marks. Anyway. <laughs> and, speaking of, and, and speaking of shit takes, it is time for our newly named award, which is the Sean Kidd Award for the best sh- shit take of the night. And I will go to Sean first as it is his oh, award. I mean, there's so many. I mean, just you're uh, – you know what? I'm going to give it to all three of you for the fucking quarter star on the prisoner match. That's what I'm giving it for all three of you. Well, okay. Okay. Uh, Sh- Chef, uh, which, which of Sean's uh, takes uh, caught your eye of the most tonight? I'm, go- I'm guessing it's Sean who's uh, going to win it. Bockwinkle versus DMV Dory being. Well, then I guess, then I guess it has to be on Ben too, then, because he gave it the same stars. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, right. that's fair enough. That's fair enough. <laughs> I am I am accepting of this though, Sean. That's it. <laughs> oh, I'm just, I, listen, I have no shame taking an award for that match because it's a big shit take, and I'm okay with it. So for that, okay. Uh, Logan, what was your biggest shit take of the night? <laughs> yeah, I'm actually going to give it to you, Ben, for agreeing with Sean on that because Sean, uh, Sean, Sean has differing opinions from the rest of us. You know better. <laughs> <laughs> that seems fair. That seems fair. Um, I, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it for Sean for not liking the arm body match. That's 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 where I'm going. But uh, it's okay, fair enough. For, con, for I, context, though. But Ben, for context, you have to know what I was expecting out of it at the oh, time. Okay, that's the problem. Okay. But I'll take it. But that's why I didn't like it. So okay, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll I'll accept the other two boys for giving it to me because, like they say, I should know better. And you know, I don't. Like, well, Ben, I'll, Ben, it's okay to be right. So don't let them bully you. Like, <laughs> okay to be right. So. Okay, Sean. We have Such got a the condescending fuck- prick. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Best thing you've called me in ages. <laughs> what talking about you? Slow mo, Crossland. Sean. Okay, let's well, move it on. Let's move on. Just- I would. Our next award, Sean, is our fashion statement. So who is who are you giving that to? Oh, I'm definitely going with 80-year-old in the tux smacking on the young trim. That's that's what I'm going after. Young trim. <laughs> Sean's seeing himself in the retirement village in about yeah, five man. years. You know, I, I got to so, give Oli some credit. He's going after the tail. I, I'm appreciative of that. Chef, uh, how about you? What was your fashion statement of the evening? I'm going with uh, jumping Jim Brunzel, Brunzel with, as Sean called him, his Skittle tights. <laughs> that was my second one. <laughs> I did like the Skittle tights. Uh, Logan? Yeah, I was a Brunzel wearing the, the uh, Morocco tights is pretty good, but I'm going to go with Sean and go with the Oli uh, jacket and suit combo. The, everything that he had going on was pretty swank, so I'll go with that one. <laughs> I, I've got I've got equal, so uh, we've got Ollie and we've got Arn as well because he was also rocking that tux quite well, and then came out in that swank red jacket which only he could pull off. So Arn's gonna win it for me, I'm afraid. <laughs> um, Sean salad and the most important award of the evening is this show chicken salad or chicken shit? <laughs> All right, so here's here's where I'm at. The show is very strange. It has some good. But it also felt like it was very autopilot. Like, even as we're talking through the matches, I just felt like it's a very autopilot show. 
Um, and for me, and it should take or not, when two 50-plus-year-old men are your second-best match of the night, what does that really say? Um, the legend shit was terrible. The interviews, um, I feel like there's a missed opportunity for Arn. Uh, the tag match should have been better. Um, I feel if, like, if I were to base it on matches in terms of rating, it would not be shit. But based on principle, I'm, I'm, this show for me is shit. It has to be shit. So. Okay, that seems, that seems fair enough. Uh, shit, same question to you. Chicken salad or chicken shit? It, it's chicken shit. Um, even though the last three matches deliver outside Sting and Nails, um, yeah, it's shit. Like, they, I think they, I think Slamboree '94 is a step up. Uh, if memory serves, uh, Sean, you can tell me if I'm wrong. But I think they finally get what they're trying to do down. They're legends. I know they have a Tully and Terry Funk match, so I, you know, I think they do a little bit better with their legends next next year. You know, that's a show I need to revisit. I've only seen that show one mm. time, so I couldn't tell you. I need to watch that. Yeah. And and it does have and it does have the and it does have the greatest WCW match of all time on it. So you know, yeah, you definitely need to watch. Which it. one is that? Which one is that? That'd be that. That would be the Nasty Boys versus uh, Cactus Jack and Kevin. Oh, at, yes, you're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> I I I have these odd moments of being right every now and again. <laughs> no, you're right. I forgot that. I forgot that match was on that show. You're right. Um, Logan, what about you? Chicken salad or chicken shit? Because I'm going to go chicken shit. So this is this is a, this is almost a clean sweep, which very rarely happens on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is chicken shit for sure. It's like a sandwich. Like the two pieces of bread are like really, really good, but the 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 inside of the sandwich is so bad that you just can't get over it. So it's it's shit for sure. <laughs> I always That's love. I always way. love. I always love Logan's little analogies. <laughs> <laughs> That's final, the best one fi- I can come up with. <laughs> so final thing of the evening is our league table. Uh, I sent it to the gentleman earlier on. So we've got 23 match. We've got 23 shows on our league table. Um, do, where, 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 where are we thinking, Jens? Cause I don't, I don't think it's going to go anywhere near the top, but it's definitely like, no, if we're all saying I... shit, it's got to be around the top <laughs> 10, surely. Um, I think for me, it, it would fall between um, WrestleMania 16 and Royal Rumble 96. So I think it would be in between those two. Okay. So if I if yeah. I need some of this shit, <clears throat> sorry, Logan, go, go on. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, you're fine. I was gonna, I was gonna get. I, if Scott doesn't know our league table places, so if I just go from, I'll go from 18. Oh, up sorry, to, sorry, sorry. I I jumped the gun. Sorry, Ben. No, you're okay. You're okay. <laughs> So that's where that's where Sean would put it. So eighteen is no way out. Two thousand and three, Chef, and then we've got Royal Rumble ninety six, WrestleMania sixteen at fifteen, then WrestleMania twenty seven, then Bash at the Beats two thousand, Great American Bash ninety nine, uh, and number eleven is Uncensored ninety five. It's not as bad as Great America as Bash at the Beach two thousand. Um... I think I'm gonna go with Sean. I actually agree with Sean for once, which happens more than you guys think. Mm. But yeah, I'm gonna go with Sean on that because the other ones are just pure stink. Um, I mean, I would I would put it I put it below 2000 definitely, but I don't know if I'd put it above. I don't know if I'd put it below uh, 27 because 27 has that Punk Autumn match, which I've loved to bits, and there's not that great match on this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd probably I I think I agreed with Sean earlier, but I'd, I'd bump it one more up. I'd put it between 16 and 27. Uh, I'm fine. Just because I, I'm I'm I think 16 has that uh, 
ladder match that's really great. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, never mind. I'm staying where I'm at. You don't like the triangle ladder match? No, it's fucking tropey motherfucking shit. So. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> I'm hanging up. I'm hanging up. <laughs> okay, okay. Sean has just wrapped up the uh, the the shit take award for yeah, that comment. No, I was to, I was to, I was to, I was totally joking on that. By the way, yes, that, <laughs> match is perfectly fine. It's definitely the best match on that entire show for sure. So <laughs> solid, uh, two, I, solid, solid two star beggar, easy. So. Oh, easy, easy. Uh, okay. So I will stick. I will stick with Sean. Uh, Sean, have you got anything you'd like to plug while you're here? Uh, you know, I am going to plug one thing. Uh, well, I'll plug multiple things, but I'll let Logan do most of it since I'm missing a lot of these pods lately, but hopefully I'll be on the next round. So one thing I am doing that is, you know, is just something I started doing like when I'm on traveling or anything is I do a little pod blast series called Before I Was a Mark. And basically what I do is I go back and watch matches that predated my like late 86 wrestling fandom and go back and kind of rewatch. It's kind of inspired by YouTube roulette a little bit. Um, so uh, they're like 15, 20 minute pod blasts where I just go on and talk about three matches that I've never watched before and kind of get my thoughts and my ratings on them. And uh, what's funny is uh, first couple episodes, there is a lot of Bachwinkle. There is a lot of Hanson. There is some fun. So a lot of the people we talked about tonight um, are in some of those matches, uh, probably back when they were in uh, better uh, standing. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> that seems fair enough. Uh, Scott, first of all, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Really appreciate it. Thank you again. Um, and secondly, what have you got to plug? Uh, thanks for having me, guys. This was a lot of fun. Um, I grew up watching NWA WCW, so anytime I get to talk about it, it's a great time. Um, I can be found on Twitter at Scott underscore Shifflet and um, – yeah, catch me uh, right now on um, uh, you know YouTube Roulette, uh, and uh, Pop goes to the couch. We're currently reviewing, much to Sean's chagrin, uh, Moon Knight. So, <laughs> show show yeah. sucks. Awful show. There, Awful. there we go. Um, shit takes aren't done for the night. But uh, yeah, thanks again, once again, <laughs> you guys for having me. It was a lot of fun. Um, so thank you. You're very welcome, uh, Logan. What have you got to plug, my friend? <laughs> uh youtube roulette like both of the guys said uh highway to the impact zone uh we just did the two shows after uh no surrender on, on our build to sacrifice so um that that comes out tomorrow as of this recording i'm sure this comes out way later than what that will even matter but just uh as of right now that's when that comes out um me and roger recorded the next episode of squared circle the silver screen uh we did jackass forever that was a real fun one to talk about we actually mentioned the popcorn chicken salad that we did about the first jackass uh we talked about that a little bit on there uh but pedestal cronoso i'm going to be on an upcoming episode of uh, ruthlessly aggressive so just listen to everything on all of the all of the trio of the of the pod uh networks that we have out there Absolutely. Um, I will also mention that I'm going to be in the hosting chair for the next edition of Pedestal, the, the May edition as we're recording this, where we get to talk about one of my favorite matches from Naya, which is Austin versus Doodle from Over the Edge. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, we're also into our pre recorded episodes of uh, Special Relations. Uh, so we, we are live watched, speaking of Austin and Doodle, we live watched the episode of Raw. From 98 with the first Austin McMahon match. So that's quite a good listen. Um, also, 
by the time this comes out, we will have recorded the first birthday edition of Popcorn Chicken Salad. And uh, all I will say is if you are if you are a fan of 90 skin flick movies, this will be the podcast for you to hear. Three or four, depending on who's on it. Horny 20 and 30 year old, 40 year old, 50 year old men talking uh, while people are showing body parts. That's, that's all I'll say. <laughs> um, don't know, don't know who picked that one. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, 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 I wonder who. I wonder who. Um, I will also say uh, I will plug the next episode of this pod that will be recorded next month. Uh, because that is going to be our second birthday pod. And all wow. I will say on... I know, right? That's, that's quite scary to think of it like that. And we are going to be live watching a show. Um, and it's going to be a little birthday present for me, Logan and Sean. We are going to be... Uh, I won't tell you what we're going to be watching, but we are going to be live watching something that's quite good. Which, wow. So it's going to be it's going to be like a reverse chicken salad, but, you know, the usual uh, fun and silliness will... Uh, no doubt be reappearing. Um, so, for Sean Kidd, Logan Crosland, and Scott Shifflin, my name's Ben Lock. And remember, everybody, in a world where you can be anything you want to be, be kind. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next month. Just see.